Welcome to Money Making Conversations. It's the show that shares the secrets of success experienced firsthand by marketing and branding expert Rashawn McDonald. I will know. He's given me advice on many occasions, and in case you didn't notice, I'm not broke. You know he'll be interviewing celebrity CEOs, entrepreneurs, and industry decision makers. It's what he likes to do. It's what he likes to share. Thank you, Stephen A. Smith. This is Rashawn McDonald. I'm the host of MoneyMakingConversation.com. Lead with your gifts, and don't let your age, friends, family, or coworkers stop you from planning and living your dream. I want you to stop tripping over small challenges and prepare the rise above the bigger obstacles that life will present to you. MyMoneyMakingConversation.com guests this week are Lynn and David E. Talbot. They are directing and producing the hit Netflix musical Jingle Jangle, A Christmas Journey. Ariba Martin, she's an award-winning civil rights attorney and CNN analyst. Will Downing, the prince of sophisticated soul. And Shonda Scott, CEO of 360 Total Concept, where she manages $1.7 billion in projects. Visit MoneyMakingConversation.com right now. I'm Rashawn McDonald. My interviews are free. They can change your life. Great. Welcome to Money Making Conversation. I am your host, Rashawn McDonald. It is important to understand that everybody travels a different path to success. That is because your brand is different. The challenges you face in your life are different. So stop reading other people's success stories and start writing your own. Now, you can be motivated by their success because their stories can offer direction and help you reach your goals through your planning, but also through your committed effort. Always remember, it's about you. When you sit down and set these goals and make these dreams possible, it's going to be about you and the relationships that you create. I'm going to introduce a relationship I've had a long time ago. My next guests are writing, directing, producing power couple, Lynn and David E. Tavel. They currently have trending on Netflix. They told me already. 32 countries, they've been number one. It got premiered in 190 countries. Netflix, Jingle Jangle, A Christmas Story, a live action musical. Their additional film critics include, you may be familiar with these, First Sunday, Baggage Claim, Almost Christmas, and El Camino Christmas. They're also releasing two books, The Square Root of Possible, A Jingle Jangle Story is a picture book for ages four through eight, and Jingle Jangle, The Invention of Jeronicus. A Jangle is a middle grade novel for ages 8 through 12. Please welcome to Money Making Conversation, my man and my lady. Oh, I said, said my first lady, the first lady. The first lady. Lynn and David E. Talbot. <laughs> What's up, brother? How you feeling, man? Oh, man, man, good to oh, see man. you, man, you know, always. It, it, you know, it's, it's the beauty of it, because uh, I have a fantastic relationship with Netflix. You know, they just send the movie I put in the past where I just get them first out. And so ever since this movie been on the radio, I've been trying to get to you. I've been trying to get to you because I just wanted to, first of all, just let you know how much I love you and also how much I you know, even before I saw the movie, how proud I've been of our relationship and what you've done, you know, all the way back to radio DJ, you know, playwright, you know, sitting in L.A., go just just making our own dreams come true. Many stories we had back in you in L.A. when you was when you was relaunching your your, your plays back then. I always been a fan of you and just watching your story and then being introduced to Lynn and her story. I just wanted to just tell you, man, I love you too. And uh meeting the first lady officially again, but also but our history, man, has always been powerful and just seeing the project that you put out. And I, and the thing I love about Netflix is that, you know, we always have a hard time trying to get black projects seen nationally internationally you know they always kicked out as domestic products and then when it goes internationally go oh well you know we may take you to the caribbean we may throw your bone and send you to south africa but no Mm -hmm. no but netflix 190 countries is where your project premieres tell us about that that response and the reaction 
Man, it's been, you know, Lenny and I have been, been carrying this for a while, but man, just good seeing you, brother. And thank you for everything <laughs> over the years, brother. You've always reached out mm-hmm. when you didn't have to and, and 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 pulled a brother up, man, and gave me a voice and a platform. So mm-hmm. just thank you, man, for thank all you. the years mm-hmm. and, and what you've done for artists like myself mm-hmm. and giving them a voice in a platform. So thank you, brother. Well, he has a great voice too, Lynn, you know. Voice. <laughs> yes, he does. Yes, he, does. <laughs> he can read a phone book. Well, you know, but, you know the, the, the whole project, you know, of um, a musical, you know, that is always not, that's, that's non-traditional. You know, usually we have action adventures in black movies, comedies in black movies, but musical is non-traditional. Tell us that whole setting it up and selling it to the studios and bringing it forth, because this is not something that's done in a year. This is a time-consumed project. Well, you know, it's it's uh, the response has been overwhelming, man. You know, we've been we've been working on this for decades, mm-hmm. uh, and you know, the vision was always to invite us to the table of these big events. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, worlds of wonder and magic, you know, watching Harry Potter and watching Willy Wonka and watching, you know, uh, Chitty Chitty Bang there Bang, you go. <laughs> Mary Poppins. Ain't no, none of us ever in, in, in those worlds. Mm-hmm. And, and so that was an idea to, you know, we are magic. We mm-hmm. are magic. And, mm-hmm. and for, you know, kids that look like us all around the world can see themselves as 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 wonderful and magical and all that stuff. So that was really kind of the spirit. And when I got a chance to watch, you know, growing up watching The Wiz, and that just, wow. you know, you know, that just blew me away with Michael Jackson and Diana Ross. Mm-hmm. I always wanted to do something that was original mm-hmm. that that could really, you know, heighten our imagination. Mm-hmm. And 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 the plays were musical that we've done for so many years. They were musical, all musical based mm-hmm. plays. So mm-hmm. Been playing around music for 20 years. And Netflix came along, you know, uh, when we had our son, Lynn had, we didn't have our son, Lynn had our son. <laughs> but when he, when he came along, it was like, okay, it's time to put something out there for him to see mm-hmm. with people that look like him. And that right. was really when it started to become from doing it as a Broadway play to doing it as a feature film. Right. Lynn? Yes, um, that's that's really the basis of it all. You know, wanting to feed our inner child as well. Mm-hmm. And representation, you know, it's very important, as you mentioned, about being part of the world mm-hmm. and not just domestically. And that's where we're getting mo- a lot of the response, you know, mm-hmm. is from the world and I mean moms and mothers especially but just everyone coming to me saying Lynn that is me that Mm -hmm. is me and Mm -hmm. you don't know what that means to Mm -hmm. me Mm -hmm. you know just in tears Mm -hmm. grown men in tears Mm -hmm. tapping into that inner child something that they didn't know that they wanted to see and feel so it's it's been amazing to have an opportunity like this and Netflix really got behind us Mm -hmm. as far as the story that we wanted to tell and the visual that we wanted to see and um you know it it it, I say David's being modest but I feel like we did this project in record time if you compare it to many of the projects like this Mm -hmm. you know um in record time like from where we didn't have a song from day one Mm -hmm. this in the matter of two years mm-hmm. it's it's 
it's unbelievable, but it's our theater background that has helped us, you know, maneuver through things quickly and to get things done quickly because mm -hmm. we hadn't had the luxury <laughs> of a budget and time, yes. mm -hmm. you know? So um, that's kind of how we roll mm -hmm. and just really grateful and excited and proud. Of well, when you, when you use the word inner child, the young lady who played the role Journey, Madeline mm -hmm. Mills, um, you know, I get to see talent, you know, the grown-up talent in it, but where did you guys find her? Was it the casting session or you just said she's the one because she was phenomenal? She's amazing. Yeah, we flew into New We did a worldwide talent search. Mm -hmm. We flew into New York. Um, we were down to five finalists. We flew in there and I walked in there with Sean <laughs> and she didn't come there to audition. She came there to take what was hers. There you go. And it was undeniable. It wasn't even a fair fight, mm -hmm. you know. <laughs> and, and that little girl is everything. I mean, we're looking at Shirley Temple and mm -hmm. Judy Garland. Mm -hmm. We're looking at all of that mm -hmm. kind of magic mm -hmm. and wonder. Mm -hmm. um, and someone who's like an old soul right. in a young person's body. And right, that's what right, right. And you got it. And, and, and that's what, you know, like that build out. And that, that's what impressed me so much. But like, let's go with Lynn said, you know, two years. What soundstage did you guys use? What was it shot at? It was shot in London and the stages were called Arbor Field. We actually, it used to be a, a army base. Mm. And we took over the whole thing. You know, we had one section where certain sets were on. We had another section where we were doing stunts. We had another section for offices, another section for props. So it, we had the full base. It's where they wow. shoot things like Star Trek and Aladdin. Um, so we were among good company, you know, coming in there. Well, first of all, I'm not going to let y'all be humble here on this project, you know. Because that's why I wanted to say what soundstage. Because I know if you have not seen the movie, uh, Jingle Jangle, it's on Netflix, A Christmas Story, A Christmas Journey, excuse me. And it starts out in the beginning with a, a, a very elaborate dance sequence that just sets the tone. You know, just like I say, dude, I'm, I'm one of the guys, I'm just looking at you, David, going, you know, my wife, and my daughter. <laughs> see, I, I love being who I am. Because, I, you know, when you when you see people at work, you go, that's my boy right there. I see, man, that's my right there. Uh, and, and, you know, and, I, and, I, and, I'm, and I'm walking through the sequence. How do you, David, put the, 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 the dance sequence? It was on the ladder. They came down. They come off the ladder. They singing. Just walking through that whole step process of storyboarding out that. Then they go outside. They dancing. You know, they all that. <laughs> you know, I'm going like, you know, I'm just sitting up well, there. I'm, I'm just sitting up there, David, going. You got to be kidding me. And then y'all sitting up in Lenny out. Well, you know, we just get this. And, you know. The, 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 the thing with Sean, you, you're, you're, like, you're like my boy Bootsy, who I've been knowing for 40 years. Uh -huh. And he, he's seen me, know me all my life. He's like, dude, he's like, son, this is like a real movie. You made like a real movie. I'm like, what? Oh, I made a lot of movies. And no, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, this is like a movie movie. <laughs> But I took, I watched the movie The Greatest Showman, mm -hmm. which I love the choreography. So I hired the choreographer, Ashley Wallen, who did that movie, a uh, mm -hmm. brother from Australia. Wow. And, and so he came in and we just talked about scale and scope. Mm -hmm. And we talked about all those MGM musicals from, you know, the early days right. of the 50s mm -hmm. and 40s and all that. Where you Fred Astaire and all those guys. Mm -hmm. And Oliver and mm -hmm. all that stuff. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, where you saw full body dancing. And um, that's what I said. I wanted to be a spectacle. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Um, because if you ask any any black person what their favorite musical is, they're gonna all say the Wiz. Absolutely, shot forty years ago. Yes, that's crazy. So, so, I mean, that's forty years ago. Mm-hmm. So, but I wanted to make something that was a spectacle, right. something that was big, mm-hmm. something that when you saw it, and I would tell my friends all the time, like you know, this is something. You know, this is pretty big movie. They're like, oh, man, bless you, Dave. God bless you. It's going to be one of Dave's plays. They <laughs> doing one of his plays, you know. <laughs> you know, you know Sean, I, I just couldn't put it in. The, in but, but when I show that first scene and people doing backflips and, and, and cameras up here, 100 people in the town Climb square, that ladder, you know, stepping then, off, okay? Yeah, then you get it. But it was, it was just a vision of wanting to present us as in the best possible the boldest, most beautiful, vibrant light. And when it came to the costumes, even mm-hmm. Lynn, um, you know, it's a Victorian era. Absolutely. So our costume designer was like, okay, we're going to do the costumes in a Victorian era. And then. Well, I look for us, we're looking at the period. So for me, I was like, okay, we're only t- maybe one or two generations from your ancestors. Mm-hmm. So that to me would have been infused. And I just wanted to just glorify our beauty and our heritage and our hairstyles and fabrics and all of those things within this period. I wanted something original that you've never seen, but it was still as vibrant and colorful as The Wizard of Oz and and all the movies that we would see that would just be, it would just pop off the screen, Mm -hmm. you know, but so rooted in and grounded you know, because if you notice, it doesn't look like like we would all wear those clothes. Right. You know, mm-hmm. it look like a costume. Right. It looks like people honored people, their, yes. their, their African yes, heritage their in, this, in this era. Mm-hmm. In there, you know, and so that's really what it what it was. I, I wanted to highlight just the beauty of us so that it could be normalized, you know, mm-hmm. and. We see it every day walking on the street. You right. see it going to the airports everywhere else. Why can't we see it on the big screen? You're listening to Money Making Conversations with Rashawn McDonald. We'll be right back. Cars today are like a computer on wheels, but you can't fix any of these new features yourself. So when something breaks, it could cost you a fortune. And now is not the time for expensive repairs. That's why you need CarShield. CarShield has affordable protection plans that can save you thousands for a cover repair, including computers, GPS, electronics, and more. CarShield understands payment flexibility is a must. Plans are customizable and as low as $99 a month. No long-term contracts or commitment. Plus, you get to pick your favorite mechanic or dealership to do the work and CarShield takes care of the rest. They also offer complimentary 24-7 roadside assistance and a rental car while yours is being fixed. CarShield is America's number one auto protection company. For as low as $99 a month, you can protect yourself from surprises and save thousands. Call 1-800-CAR-6000 and mention code money. M-O-N-E-Y or visit carshield.com and use code money M-O-N-E-Y to save 10%. That's carshield.com code money. A deductible may apply. Welcome back to Money Making Conversations. I'm your host, Rashawn McDonald. Well, you you guys delivered on the big screen. You delivered the humor. You delivered the heart. And then, uh, like I said, just throw it back like Forrest Whitaker. Okay. See, I I, I was in Forrest Whitaker way back in the day when he did... uh, Jason's lyric. I, I had a little small role with Forrest Whitaker. I'm just throwing a little credit oh, wow. back in the day. Oh, wow. <laughs> you know, I, 
I was fast friend of the tap dancer, the crackhead uh, tap dancer. Oh, okay. So, uh, so I go a little back, baby. But what I didn't know was that uh, Forrest Whitaker could hold a note. That's what oh, I didn't yes. know. Oh, Opera train. I did not know that. Talk to us about, you know, I'm not trying to give away the story, but definitely that 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 that, that moved me in a good way. The 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 uh, the special effects, so, you know, like I said, your boy, your boy was talking about this is a movie movie. You know, I'm telling you something. When you see a Star Wars, that's, you know, the special effects. That's a movie. That's, that's not just a that's not like open range and you're riding on a horse. That's all he's saying. The special effects, the costume, the snow look like snow. You know what I'm saying? The special effects look real. The singing was seamless. Didn't look like they were lip syncing. All the, 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 the nobody looked like they, they was out of sync. And all this was, he, that's all he was saying. It's the ultimate compliment when you see something that's, you know, is special. You can't put a word on it. You know, professionally, you go, hey man, whatever you guys, whatever was, Invested in that movie, I saw it on the screen. I saw it in the storyline. I saw it in the editing. I saw it in the music. I saw it in the, in the, in the, in the, uh, you know, cause every story has to have momentum, you know, and it had momentum. It had reason to care. That, 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 that's beautiful, man. That, that, and so, so, but you guys are the creators and I'm the participant. What got you there? You know, you said two years, but you know, it's, it's rewrites. It's, it's, it's sometimes questioning your decisions, working with a studio, in this case, Netflix. How, how, did, how did that journey get you there, David and Lynn? Well, well for me, it's, 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 everything is attention to detail. Mm-hmm. And it's, when you talk about the visual effects and you talk about the CGI characters, the storybook, the, the gears, the everything, the hair, the costumes. You know, when I, when I would come to the studio with you, and if I was, I remember one time I was uh, about seven minutes late. We were on a break. And I said, Rashad, I'm here. I was running a little bit late. He says, oh, no, you missed your break, brother. And I'm like, well, I'm a little bit uh, late here. Yeah, no, I understand. You'll get it next time. And I said, Rashad, I got to sell tickets here. I understand that. I told you 7 o'clock. We got a business we got to run. No, no, no. He smile, but he let me know. That, that the detail in the level of knowing your worth, knowing mm-hmm. your value, mm-hmm. knowing what you're here to do mm-hmm. and, and making sure that you cross every I, that you cross every T, dot every I. Right. That's who I went witnessed with you. When right. we were doing the plays in L.A., right. you would come sit in the back and say, look here, brother. Mm-hmm. Now, I like this scene, mm-hmm. but now you can do blah, 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 mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And, and so but and so what we took. From, from watching uh, people like you build empires, build mm-hmm. businesses, mm-hmm. detailed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's, it's with this opportunity, with this budget, right. this landscape that Netflix gave us, mm-hmm. I wasn't trying to just get in here and, and, and pop my collar and beat my chest about how big the budget was. Right. I, you gave me $10. Our goal was to make it look like $100. You did. It was a hundred dollars. Our goal is to make it look like five hundred dollars. Right. And so that's what that's what we did. We 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 kept our nose to the grind. We didn't we didn't let up. And when it was time for the even the end credits, so to speak, well let's let's do some more animation. <laughs> even on the credits. Well, the game, the movie's over. The movie ain't over until people uh, uh, turn off the TV. Like, like the Marvel. Movie, like Marvel. Okay. It. Y'all stayed until the end of Marvel. All of a sudden, oh, they doing something else. And, the, and so and so. We were fortunate enough to have great partners in mm-hmm. Netflix, great mm-hmm. partners in Nick Nesbitt and Scott Stuber, the, mm-hmm. the head of film and a creative mm-hmm. exec, and, and great partners in our visual effects team who surrounded us with 
the the top of the food chain. Right. And, mm-hmm. and we talk about Forrest, the Oscar winners. We got Oscar winners, Tony winners, <laughs> Felicia Rashad, Anika Noni Rose, Emmy winners, Keegan Michael Key, mm-hmm. eight-time Grammy winners who wrote the music, mm-hmm. EGOT winners who also produced and wrote the music with mm-hmm. us. So we surrounded ourselves with people that were at the top of the food chain so they could help elevate us. And that's what and that's what they did. They helped they helped breathe life and elevate our vision mm-hmm. so that it was even uh, it, it, the the how it turned out was even better than we could have imagined, ever imagined it could be. Okay, now now this David's is a, this is me. This is he being modest. Come come on, Lynn. Come on, come on. Toot the horn. Yeah, come on, come he, on. Girl. He is a fearless leader. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, know him. You know, in this business, we all have a bit of a chip on our shoulder, mm-hmm. and our biggest competition is ourselves. Mm-hmm. And he's brilliant. I mean, the, we call him the actor's director, mm-hmm. and so. For them to feel comfortable enough to allow him to play their instrument, be it Forrest Whitaker and mm-hmm. Felicia Rashad and Anika Noni Rose, if you if you let go and you trust him, he is going to take you beyond right. what you imagined for yourself. Mm-hmm. And that that's the thing, you know, you have to have a playbook to work with, mm-hmm. to add to. And, you know, we are grateful for everyone that added to that playbook and elevated it. But it started off with the vision, you know, and the story. So that Damn, I got a good woman. <laughs> hey, bro. Damn, hey, bro. I got a I, good I can tell woman. you, first lady. Come on, first lady. That's first, first lady. lady. First Damn, lady. I got a good, Let's go woman. Be good. You know, Let's go so be real about it's this. It's the truth. It's the truth. And so, you know, you haven't seen anything like it because you haven't seen him do it. Mm-hmm. You know? So it it's it's just a testament to, you know, all his hard work and, and everything that we've always wanted to see ourselves. And there were no rules. You know, we've, we've never played by the rules when it comes to um, creativity. And he knows I never do. And I'm like, well, why? Mm-hmm. Who says you can't? Mm-hmm. You know, kind of like what Journey says. Nobody <laughs> ever said I can't. Mm-hmm. You know, that that's how I feel we operate in a lot of ways. And um I mean, even we still watch it today and I'm still affected. You know, I still cry on the moments you cry Mm -hmm. on, you know, Mm -hmm. when I see Forrest Mm -hmm. and when I see the the communication between the father and daughter, Mm -hmm. you know, it reminds me of my, you know, dad. And so it that's what it is. You know, we always say you can't touch someone else unless first you've been touched. Absolutely. We're touched by this Mm -hmm. and we're just. I mean, it's amazing that everybody else is. Too. Before we go to the two books that are coming out and tied to the to the Jingle Jangle franchise, I'm gonna put the word franchise, okay? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, trending, you know, because you know I, I watched the movie and, 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 and you know then I go I know how Netflix works, okay? So so when it started trending, okay, how was the uh, the household? You know, baby. We ain't. How, how come on now? Now you had to get on your. You had to start dancing in the house when it started oh, trending. Come did. on now. Come you on, David. Come on, Lynn. Yes. I, I, I go the. You know, I'm a big emotional big. <laughs> so it was really emotional for mm-hmm. me. You know, and uh, and and so now you got me here. Mm-hmm. Again. Mm-hmm. Uh, but. Uh, you know, to do what you love and to be able to, after 30 years in a business, to go to a hold, to blow the level that people thought you were. Mm-hmm. 
in a box that they had put you mm-hmm. in yeah. and mm-hmm. assumed that this was is, is, is all that you had in the tank. And to know that you had more in the tank for all these years mm-hmm. and someone finally gave you an opportunity to show it mm-hmm. and for you to put it out in the world and the calls that I've been getting and the texts that I've been getting from people I haven't talked to and I can't tell you how long, man, mm-hmm. it is just, it's a it is it is still overwhelming and very emotional for me and i'm just thankful man and and i ain't never going back i know i tell you one thing i ain't oh, never going back i'm gonna tell you something dave that's why i knew man like i said you know I, i'm a netflix like they always allow me to review top movies the top talent and you know the old guard you know uh, uh the five bloods uh uh you know uh, tiger king you know uh uh, uh the uh, jamie fox this a uh, recent movie that to trend all these action adventures. All these are historically uh, soap opera type formats. Here was a black Christmas musical. And so I told my wife, I said, look, I said, uh, you know, I'm, I'm putting it on social media, putting it in my newsletter. You don't even know this. You know, I'm just, I got to do what I got to do for my boy. Okay. And then, so when it trended, when I saw it at number 10, my wife said, that's baby's number 10. That's a good sign. That's a, that's a good sign. I say, because it gonna move up. I say, I know how this thing works. It gonna move up. And so, so I know how Rashawn McDonald was feeling for you, because I know how much I I fight for us to get equal opportunity. And I I know how important that finally, you know, all the work you guys do for somebody to say, oh, it's only good for the United States. Nobody want to see it no place else. Nobody wants to see it on one else. And to get in Netflix, and I've said it to other actors who come on the show, about to be able to premiere in 190 countries allows you to really understand your value, Lynn and David. That's all I'm saying, man, is that, you know, look at your value is now being showcased worldwide. And that's the beauty of this moment we're having right now. Is that nobody's boxing you in. Nobody Netflix said, you know something, we're going to do you just in the United States. Mm-hmm. No, we're going to premiere you in 190 when they premiered Tyler Perry, A Fall from Grace in January. And then it went, whoa. Mm-hmm. When he when he jumped out with 27,000, 27 million views and downloads and stuff like that. That shocked them. And now to come back and see what you guys are doing with a Christmas classic. I'm going I'm, I'm to put the word on. I'm putting franchise on this and I'm putting <laughs> yeah. the word classic on this. And, and, and for it to be translated in 32 languages. Like I'm go. watching it in Mandarin. There I'm you watching go. it there in you go. Hindi. And they're singing the songs, you know, in Hindi and in, you know, Czechoslovakian. And it's it's. Unbelievable. I, I know the impact. I remember when Steve and I, uh, Steve Harvey and I, did his book, Act Like a Lady, Think Like a Man. When we sold three million copies, and they came back saying it was translated into Russian, you know, they were translated in French, you know, translated in Spanish, not Spanish, not not Mexican Spanish, you know, Spain, Spain, Spanish, which is a different, different, different tone. Basically, mm-hmm. you can speak each language, but we in Spain translation, you know, so Peru and 30 different languages. It was translated. So I know what you say. I understand that people yeah. so appreciated the value of work. You know, so we're going to translate it because other people need to understand that this is entertaining. This is heartwarming. And this is this is valuable for us to be bring into our household. That's the key, bringing your product into our household so we can share it. That's what I love about this project. And I just don't want you to walk away from this interview saying, not understanding how you guys are changing lives, 
how you guys see a movie theater. Nobody can go in the movie theater. But when people turn on their television in a house, man, that's that's a different grade of opportunity because racism could say, I ain't going to that black movie. It's over the movie theater. They can walk past. But when they turn it on and you started trending, I'm going to tell you something, Dave. You talking about you got emotional? Your boy over here was straight up in tears for you because I knew the blessings and the talent I've always seen in you. I've always known in you, always capable of doing and producing was showing. And that's just the start. Like you say, you're not going back. You damn right. You ain't going back. Cause I ain't going to let you go back. Okay. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> okay, tearing up my, tearing up my microphone. Now let's talk about these two books. You got up a jingle jangle, the invention of Geronicus and the square root of possible. Let's talk about yeah. that. Yeah, so um, wanted to do some companion books with the film mm -hmm. and, you know, for my son as well. Um, the Square Root of Possible is just pushing that same theme that we had in the film. I mm -hmm. want children to find their Square Root of Possible okay. and have a fun story. And I have an amazing uh, illustrator that illustrated it, Tara Nicole Whitaker, mm -hmm. and um, it's released through Penguin Random House. And right. so it's a sweet Christmas story to tell and it's great to go along with the kids and the invention of Jeronicus Jangle is that middle grade uh book for the older kids that they could read to delve in a little bit deeper to mm -hmm. the story mm -hmm. and we had a full circle moment where um Felicia Rashad read the audio book for that one Whoa, so it, it'll be released yes when is that audio. being released when is the audio being released for that tomorrow Okay, cool. December 1st, this is, this is our closing. So available for pre-order now. Okay, cool. They'll be available tomorrow. And anyone that purchases a book, you'll get the song Square Root of Possible for free from the soundtrack. Just upload your receipt to jinglesjanglesong.com. <laughs> That's a mouthful <laughs> right there. Okay, every Wednesday, I, 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 I have a 90,000 plus fan club. Please tell your people to send me the link. Okay, yeah. 9 a.m. Yeah. and to go out, you know, like I said, I've already put you guys two weeks ago. I put you guys in my fan club. You didn't know it about know about that, but I got to do what I do. I would put this on my social media. I got almost a million social media followers. So please get those links to us. Like I said, this was just a this is just to say thank you, David. I love you, brother. I uh, Lynn. You're special. You truly are a first lady. You've shown your first lady status on this interview today. <laughs> made the grade. 22 years. <laughs> Absolutely. No, I, 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 I thank you, brother. You you know, and, and there's, a, there's a lot of people that say they want to see other folks win mm -hmm. and behind closed doors, they do everything to stop them from getting there. You've always not only wanted to see me win, but challenged me to be the best version of that, brother. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I thank you for that, man. And I want to thank you both for coming on Money Making Conversations. Thank you. We'll be right back with more from Rashawn McDonald and Money Making Conversations. Don't touch that dial. This report is brought to you by Humana. If you're a veteran on Medicare, there are Medicare Advantage plans that complement the coverage you get through the VA. Ed Sandrick is director of Humana's Veterans Channel. How does a Medicare Advantage plan work with VA benefits? A Medicare Advantage plan can complement uh, the health care services and benefits that a veteran gets at the, through the VA. The Medicare Advantage plans that Humana offers, particularly the Humana Honor Medicare Advantage plan, which was designed with veterans in mind who use the VA, works side by side. As I said, it, it kind of complements the VA health care. 
An individual can go to the VA for the services that he or she wants or needs at the VA and is eligible for, and also can use the uh, Medicare Advantage Network uh, as well, side by side. They don't uh, interrupt one another. Um, there are some myths and misconceptions among the veteran community that it, they may jeopardize their VA health care should they use original Medicare or Medicare Advantage. That's just not the case. For more information, visit Humana.com slash Medicare. Hi, I am Rashawn McDonald, the host of MoneyMakingConversation.com. The Cafe Mocha Swag Award is a celebration of black men who are making a difference in our community by empowering others to reach their life's goals. From civic leaders, businessmen, activists, celebrities, and everyday dads. The Cafe Mocha Swag Award winner this week is Dr. Ian Smith. Dr. Ian Smith states, people have to realize that dieting is not a sprint. It's a marathon. If you celebrate the small victories, you will eventually win the war. With the current climate of uncertainty that we're all facing during these pandemic times, Dr. Smith is now the solo host of The Doctors for its 13th season, and he's going to fill you with information that is going to change your life. I work with the hope that even if one person can find a benefit or feel like what I've written and created has changed their life, if, if it can impact even just one life, it makes me feel like all the time and the effort and the dedication was well worth it. The Cafe Mocha Swag Award represents men who have strength, whose wisdom is assertive, and who is genuine in their spirit. Welcome back to Money Making Conversations. I'm your host, Rashawn McDonald. Ah, yes. Welcome to Money Making Conversation. I am your host, Rashawn McDonald. This is important. It really is important that we understand that everybody travels a different path to success. That is because your brand is different. The challenges you face in your life are different. So stop reading other people's success stories and start writing your own. I recommend that. It's all right to be motivated by their success because their stories can offer direction. But remember this, is your planning and your committed effort is going to enable you to achieve your success. My next guest, a longtime friend, Ariva Martin. We've traveled the streets of New York City together. Ariva is an award-winning civil rights attorney, legal commentator, talk show host, philanthropist, best-selling author, and CEO of Butterfly Health. Her talk show, The Special Report with Ariva Martin, a tri-weekly digital talk show airing Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays at 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, which is noon East Coast time on Facebook. The Special Report covers race, culture, economy, and politics, and how they impact the daily lives of everyday people, which includes me. Please welcome to Money Making Conversations, my friend, Ariva Martin. <laughs> Hello, Rashad. Long time no see. I'm so glad to see you. And to see you right before the holidays is like super, super special for me. Well, I, I tell you, you know, this year has thrown me for a tizzy. It was great seeing you. Um, you know, I had a, I had a, I had a plan in place, Ariba. And all of a sudden, that March hit and my plan went sideways. And I was scared. I, I was scared in the sense that I didn't know what what the next three months would look like. Uh, I had employees I had to maintain on payroll. I didn't see any income coming. The entire country said, hey, we're not doing any live events for the second quarter. Advertisers pulled all of their advertisements from any any scheduled event that I was part of. And I was just sitting there. I was I went to Home Depot. Uh, my first out out was going to Home Depot, you know, and I had my uh, I had my, uh, my my Perel. But what little bottle I had left, because, you know, the, all the shelves were clear. Oh, yes, everything was gone. Absolutely. <laughs> and then I had my rubber gloves, and I had uh, uh, and I, I had a ski mask that I pulled up, because I didn't have a mask at the time. At the time, you know, you didn't know what, what how to get a mask. And so when I came out the store, I didn't know, 
Did I put the Pirelli on? Did I take my gloves off? Was the stuff I brought out of the store contaminated? I didn't know what to do, Reva. I was just, uh, that was the world that I lived in. And I'm sure a lot of people experienced that same uncertainty. How was it in California? Still a lockdown city over there in California, right? Yeah, you know, it's kind of interesting, Rashad. I, I have a lot of friends who are uh, elected officials. So I was getting this inside information about mm -hmm. what was going to happen. And mm -hmm. I was telling friends, you know, get your business together. Uh, you know, go to your offices, clean it out, because I knew probably about a week in advance in March uh, that the lockdown, they called it shelter in place, was coming. Mm -hmm. And I was getting a lot of resistance from people. They're like, no, that's not going to happen. How <laughs> right. can they do that? Mm -hmm. And uh, for us, you know, I, I run my law firm here in Los Angeles. We had gone paperless the year before. So mm -hmm. taking our office virtually and, and sending everyone home was really easy for us. Our nonprofit mm -hmm. also uh, mm -hmm. made an easy transition. But so many people... Uh, suffered back mm. then and continue to suffer because they weren't able to just transport their whole businesses and start operating them from home. So it was scary. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I, I found myself in the position of, of becoming that voice, that trusted voice, trying mm -hmm. to talk to people, you know, sharing with them the inside information mm -hmm. I had and, and trying to walk them through uh, the process. But it's been it's been overwhelming, uh, to be honest with you. Like I said, for me personally, my my business hasn't suffered. Right. Uh, none of the companies I run have suffered. But I've watched so many people around me lose their jobs, lose their yeah. businesses. Uh, like you said, have to lay off massive numbers of employees, lose mm. contracts. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's it's been kind of a mixed bag. I talked to some people; they're doing great, right. like mm -hmm. gangbusters, mm -hmm. and then other people who are literally just holding on by a thread. And I think that's kind of the reality across this country. Now, that's from a uh, business very, standpoint. Very challenging. Very challenging. Now, from a personal standpoint, I gave you my little COVID nineteen, trying to adapt to the new norm back then, and I'm a lot more comfortable now. I'd actually have flown on the airplane one time and masked down and I sat in that chair and I scrubbed it down with my little Pirelli. I'm telling you, you, you swear I was a maid, I was doing maid service on my seat. Let's put it that right, way. COVID-19 right. maid, maid service. How was it for you personally? You talked about the business side. Okay. How was it personally? Good thing. So I, personally, I was going, uh, let's see, this is March. So I had started this really intense workout plan. I had, you know, lots of plans <laughs> for the year in terms of my career. One of my personal goals, I, you know, was to get in the best shape of my life. Mm-hmm. And I was there. And then when this all hit, uh, I says, well, you know, it's just going to be going to be locked down for a couple of weeks. So I don't have to worry about continuing this workout. I don't have to worry about continuing this really healthy eating. I, I think and I didn't really even realize that I slid into kind of a state of depression after it went mm -hmm. on for more than two or three mm -hmm. or four weeks. I gained mm -hmm. probably that COVID 15 pounds that a lot of people Ten. gain. I, Ten. I found myself binging. Mm -hmm. I, I'm not a big TV person. I watched. Uh, Queen of the South, binge <laughs> through it on Netflix, Ozark, Tiger King. <laughs> like, one night, and this is when I knew I was at an all-time low. Mm -hmm. I was up five in the morning, binging mm -hmm. on Ozark. My mm -hmm. dinner that night had been a bag of potato chips and several glasses of wine. Right. Mm -hmm. And, I, you know, something then hit me that, okay, this is not temporary. This is going to be here for a while. And you can't you know, drink your way through it with wine. You can't eat potato chips for dinner. You can't watch, you know, every, you know, series on Netflix. You've got to figure out a way to get back to mm -hmm. something that looks normal for you. So <laughs> I dropped the 15 pounds. I stopped mm -hmm. eating the potato chips. Mm -hmm. I haven't had a drink in like five months, not mm -hmm. because it's a, I just, I don't know. I'm just trying to just be super healthy. Mm -hmm. uh, got back to some projects, started, you know, my uh, 
weekly, tri-weekly show on Facebook. I'm working on a new book project. Uh, did a bunch of auditions for some new uh, other, you know, TV mm-hmm. broadcast projects and just mm-hmm. have been trying to say, how do you live with COVID and it not control you, but you take control of your life. And I feel like I'm kind of there. I won't say I'm 100 <laughs> percent there, but I, I'm feeling better. But I was I was I think I was upset because mm-hmm. I was prepared for the two or three weeks, which they told us originally the mm-hmm. lockdown was going to be. Mm-hmm. And then as it was, went from March to April to May, by then I was like, okay, this is some BS. I'm right. like really fatigued by mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I was just kind of rolling through the motions. I, I had a low point when I went to visit a friend in some pajama pants. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> he said, Ariva, are those pajamas? I said, yeah, what's wrong with pajamas? (laughs) So, you know, when you're walking out the house, getting in the car, driving your pajamas, maybe it's time to, like, you know, pat yourself on the shoulder and say, get it together, girlfriend. So I had to be one of those get it together girlfriends. All those fantastic poses and images we see on your Instagram account. Now, here's the thought process when you talk about uh, just, uh, you know, myself personally, I gained 10 pounds, okay? And I went from, like, eating one and a half meals a day. I was eating breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner. My wife was saying, you want more? more? Yes, I want breakfast. Yes, I want lunch. Because we were locked down. And then all of a sudden, uh, I'd done so much due diligence of losing like 25 pounds. Suddenly, I was at 200. I went, whoa, 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 whoa. Something is not normal here. You don't need breakfast, but you're eating it. And you're not even going out to be able to to burn it off because I was just at home. Usually, you know, I yeah, get up at four. I'm out of the house at six. So physically, I was moving. I was just getting up and just staying and eating. And so so that translated into weight gain. So know that you are you had a lot of individuals out there in America joining you in that weight gain club. Oh, because we were sitting down, like you said, our lifestyles. You know me, I'm like super active. Mm-hmm. I'm out. I'm, I'm always doing something. And like I said, I worked out a lot. The gyms were closed. Right. You know, so you needed that discipline to get up and do it outside on your own. Mm-hmm. And I just think psychologically it was so new. Like, like what's going on? And you're watching this, these deaths. You know, you're just watching oh, yeah. the numbers climb. You're watching the deaths. You're talking to friends who are, you know, have the virus. And it was just a lot emotionally, I think, for all of us as Americans. Absolutely. That's why the food was comfort, right? You right. sit there and just eat yourself. <laughs> food and Netflix uh, was comfort. It was junk food. You said Tiger King. I had to relate to you. I was there, Tiger King. I saw it from. I, well, I would tell you something, Reba. I saw it when it came out. I, I was like, let everybody know. I didn't hear about Tiger King when it hit the stands. I was right there viewing it from jump, and then it exploded because that was one of the most uh, amazing uh, docu-soap operas I'd ever, real-life yes. soap operas I'd ever seen in my life. But, when, but when do you, you think all of us would have been watching Tiger King but for the pandemic? Oh, it, 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 but you know, it's like I don't think so, but I think that it still would have jumped out there strong because that's that was some mess. That was some that was some highfalutin mess that people are still look, she wound up on Dancing with the Stars, okay? That's true. <laughs> so so that's how that's how and he's still in jail. Her way and into another his, uh, his, gig his, from it. His I, husband, a right. bar friend, a husband that just got picked up on a DUI charge. The other guy who had like the harem, you know, I think he got closed down. And so it's, it just keeps rolling and rolling and rolling and rolling. But but you, we lived a life, or you know, our relationship is always tied to your authenticity, and your authenticity is always tied to journalism, your legal background, and the special report. And I, and the reason I make, I really wanted to bring you on the show about that because 
it's, it's your voice that we need in this in the, in this media and the era of, from a standpoint of who you are and what you bring to the table. How did the special report start and give us some background on, on how people are reacting to it? No, that's a great question. So what happened was that, like I said, I had that inside information that L.A. was about to have a lockdown mm-hmm. order. So on like the second Friday in March, uh, right before that order was going into effect that next week. And I said, I'm going to go live on Facebook and just talk to people that I knew, you know, I had a, a bunch of hundred thousand plus followers on mm-hmm. Facebook and a big social media platform. And everybody was, you know, f- nervous. We didn't know what was coming. Right. And because I had this inside information, I said, I'm going to go on and, and just let people know this kind of calm their nerves. Like right. this is okay. Mm-hmm. You know, get ready. It's coming. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean you can't go to the grocery store. It doesn't mean you can't go to your doctor's offices and just trying to, you know, cushion the blow, so to speak <laughs> for people. And the response was so positive that one time. And it, after about an hour, uh, you know, it wasn't enough time. So I says, don't worry, I'll come back on Monday. And we'll continue this conversation because people were posting comments and we were going back and forth. Mm -hmm. And so I went back that Monday uh, and continued the conversation. And people were saying, "Okay, are you coming back? Right. And it was really just people saying, (laughs) can we tune in again? Mm -hmm. And I just said, you know what? Right now for the next, again, two weeks, Mm -hmm. I'll show up every Monday, Wednesday and Friday. And I'll tell you Mm -hmm. what I know from my friends that Mm -hmm. work at the county, my friends that work for the city of Los Angeles, you know, my friends that work in federal government. Mm And I thought it was going to be two weeks of me just telling people, you know, this inside information that I had gotten Mm -hmm. from all of these, you know, high level elected officials. And that two weeks went to three weeks and that three weeks went to four weeks. And here we are. We just celebrated 100 shows. So we're like on our 106 show uh, because we went from the COVID crisis and that just kind of dovetail right into what was happening in the upcoming election. Well, 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 nobody went from COVID to George Floyd because right there. There Ooh, you go. It's the summer. We went from, you can, from there you we, go. We went from had, COVID to the summer, the summer of protests, <laughs> the global protests that were happening yes. all over the mm-hmm. world. And so I was reporting on CNN mm-hmm. and reporting on the special report, talking to, you know, the activists on the street, talking to, uh, you know, law enforcement experts and legal experts. And again, just trying to help people understand what was happening. And what I try to do with the special report, Rashad, you know, I've worked with Mm -hmm. all of these national experts, you know, on CNN and different other networks is to go through my contact list and say, hey, I know you on CNN, MSNBC, but I need you to come over here and talk to real people. And then I pair those national experts up with real people. So, you know, it's about what are the questions, what are the issues that people who don't have access to these folks, you know, they're not able to pick up the phone and call them. Mm-hmm. So it was really trying to bring those two elements together because again, people, you know, they turn on the news, they may get a three second sound bite. Right. You know, mm-hmm. and they're not getting to to post a comment and ask a question or to engage with that expert. So the whole premise of the show is giving real people that opportunity to have you know, access to the nation's top experts on these tough issues, whether it's race, you know, like the George Floyd issue, whether it's public health with COVID, uh, whether it was the election and, you know, the election from George <laughs> Floyd, we went right into that. And all of these issues have just kind of merged together. Right. So we find and they ourselves. Didn't, and they never this, had a defining know, moment of what was going on because it was all done under the President Trump leadership, you know, the COVID, the denial, the, uh, you know, you can inject, uh, you know, uh, uh, 
poison into your blood system, you'll be all right. You know, you can don't have to wear a mask. And then when you got to the George Floyd, when you got to lead that up into the debate, when he told the proud, proud boys to stand back and stand down, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, stand by, stand down. They, they put that on T-shirts. And then you, but let's talk about race because I really was, uh, you know, I have seen your, your show and uh, the, the articulation and the race. I always talk to individuals like that because you're in the know, you know, from illegal, this is your history, CNN. The, the, the racial makeup of the protest, did that surprise you? Because we know it was a black issue, but it turned yeah. out to be more than a black response. You know, it, it didn't surprise me because we started to see some of that, you know, coalition forming even after, you know, Trayvon Martin's mm -hmm. uh, murder in Florida, after Mike Brown's murder in St. Louis or Ferguson, Missouri. So we had started to see uh, justice allies, as we call them, starting to take a more active role in the protest. I think with George Floyd in the, the summer, you know, that the May, June, July period where the protests were at their biggest, you know, we saw the largest numbers. Uh, the, the number of non-African Americans involved, not just locally in you know Los Angeles, not just in Georgia or New York, mm. but literally across the globe, uh, probably hit an all-time high. And, and there was polling came, that was out during that period that said the Black Lives Matter for the first time was accepted by like over 70 percent uh, of Americans. It had mm -hmm. never had such high acceptance levels. And I think George Floyd, you know, hit people in, in a different way. We've watched, you know, people get shot in the back by police. Mm -hmm. uh, we, we've watched such brutality. But there was something about that eight minute, mm -hmm. you know, 46 second video, the smug, you right. know, look on that cop's face, mm -hmm. the, the, the others standing around who, you know, did absolutely nothing. I think that touched people in a different way. Uh, and that's what propelled those huge numbers of, of people that we saw on the street. We'll be right back with more from Rashawn McDonald and Money Making Conversations. Don't touch that dial. Cars today are like a computer on wheels, but you can't fix any of these new features yourself. So when something breaks, it could cost you a fortune. And now is not the time for expensive repairs. That's why you need CarShield. CarShield has affordable protection plans that can save you thousands for a cover repair, including computers, GPS, electronics, and more. CarShield understands payment flexibility is a must. Plans are customizable and as low as $99 a month. No long-term contracts or commitment. Plus, you get to pick your favorite mechanic or dealership to do the work and car shield takes care of the rest they also offer complimentary 24 7 roadside assistance and a rental car while yours is being fixed car shield is america's number one auto protection company for as low as 99 dollars a month you can protect yourself from surprises and save thousands call 1-800-CAR-6000 and mention code money m-o-n-e-y or visit carshield.com and use code money m-o-n-e-y to save 10 percent. that's carshield.com code money a deductible may apply Welcome back to Money Making Conversations. I'm your host, Rashawn McDonald. And I, and I think one of the things was they've always had that he resisted, you know, or he was fighting and we had to gain control of that individual. They saw somebody who physically couldn't do anything but what he did. There was laid out and suffer and be murdered. And I think that was one of the, because like I said, we've seen the Eric Garner. We saw the Michael Browns running and Eric Garner, he was trying to resist. So they put him in a chokehold and he died. They can say, well, who's trying to resist? This was just a man who was yeah. taken out of his vehicle, then pushed up against his tire wheel and in his own car. And then God just sit there with a knee on his neck and adjusted his knee. That was the part that really traumatized me, the adjustment. 
which means yeah. that you had a point at that point that you could have relieved the pressure. You decided to put more pressure on it. And so yeah. so you right in the midst of all this, Reva, you know, you know, your 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 show that you decided to do for two weeks. Now you are a voice. <laughs> on Facebook. You know, sometimes it, it's not, you know, what you're looking for is the moment, you know, right. that finds mm-hmm. you. And I think it was that kind of that moment that found me. Uh, and you know who I spent a lot of time talking to, Rashad, over the last three or four months are white women in suburbs. Yes. Yes. You know, because white women in suburbs, we saw them out at the protest. We mm-hmm. saw moms across this country get involved in those protest movements in a way that we hadn't seen them before. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we saw those moms, those, a lot of those same moms say enough is enough when it came to this election with Donald Trump. Right. Mm-hmm. Started to organize themselves. I, there were groups outside of Cincinnati, outside of uh, Cleveland, Ohio, in Wisconsin, uh, other battleground states, white suburban women who didn't think of themselves as very political. Right. Uh, but felt compelled mm-hmm. in this election cycle to start organizing amongst themselves and, and to really speak out in a way that they hadn't before. So. Uh, I really found that interesting getting their perspective, like why now, why in this moment, uh, when we know that in the 2016 election, they overwhelmingly voted for Donald Trump. And in this election, they ended up being the margin. Uh, You know, they're they're, you know, flipping from Trump to Biden in those key battleground states uh, made a huge difference. Obviously, African-American vote, you know, just incredibly important in this election. Absolutely. But white women in the suburbs, you Mm -hmm. know, voted for Joe Biden uh, in, in just enough. Right. A, a voting block to cause him to win in some uh, key critical. Some well, your, your state was states. always hit very hard, uh, Governor Newsom, by Donald Trump. Uh, you know, I just read a message, I believe, that, you know, dining, indoor and outdoor dining is being banned. Okay, you live there. What is the atmosphere? I, and I, I, I'll go back a little bit. I remember when uh, Kobe Bryant died. You know, yeah. unfortunately, died. I have like fly. forever ago. That was just February yeah. of this year. And I remember I, I came into LA, and you know, his name was on all the buses, and it was like a, a ghost town emotionally. You know, and then then this then this COVID hit and shut the city down, and then you know, uh, the amusement parks can't even reopen. And I was just there like two. I came in and out real quick uh, for a trip, and. Um, People are getting around, you know, outdoor dining. I think I went to Javier's in uh, Century City uh, up there. And, um, you know, they're, they're kind of like outdoors anyway. So they were packed. And now I hear this note that, you know, you cannot eat indoor or outdoor. How does, in your mindset, is that too much, Ariva? Is is it like, okay, what's going on here? Now, we got to be able to live. What What is too much, too much? No, here's what happened. I, I think the, the poor leadership from the national level, Rashad, mm-hmm. has has just caused people to reach a level of fatigue. Mm-hmm. You know, at, at the beginning of this pandemic, rather than Trump coming out, being honest with the people, enacting, uh, uh, coming up with a national strategy and mm-hmm. enacting that national strategy, he hid it from the people. He lied about it. Mm-hmm. They kept moving the goalposts. Uh, he failed to, you know, come up with a national strategy. He politicized something as simple as wearing a mask and socially distancing. And so now people are fatigued. They're fed up with it. Right. You're mm-hmm. right. We're about to go into another lockdown where you can only you can't dine outside. You'll only be able to do takeout and pick up uh, from restaurants. Restaurants are barely holding on. They're holding mm-hmm. on by a thread. 
the money that was allocated, you know, from the CARES Act uh, in the summer, all that money's gone. gone, basically. So restaurants are, you know, many of them won't survive right. this mm -hmm. shutdown. They won't mm -hmm. come back. The restaurant mm -hmm. industry is being forever changed. But here is the deal. Because we botched it, we now all have to pay a price. Mm -hmm. And you and I are in a social contract. Mm -hmm. I can't do, you know, I shouldn't do anything that harms you. You shouldn't do anything that harms me. As much as I hate this, uh, as much as everyone hates it, this is what we have at this moment. Right. We don't have the vaccine. Mm -hmm. We don't have an ability to slow the spread other than to take some kind of public health measures. And the public health experts are saying closing the restaurants, because that's where this public spread happens, is mm -hmm. what we have available to mm -hmm. us. Uh, it stinks. People are upset about it. Mm -hmm. There were protests outside of the mayor's house. Mm -hmm. uh, there have been protests in the streets. People feel like their rights are being infringed upon. Mm -hmm. But what I try to get people to understand is, look, the government already is in our lives. Mm -hmm. Wear a seatbelt, right? <laughs> right? That's the government. <laughs> Don't go past 65 miles an hour on mm -hmm. the freeway. That's mm -hmm. the government. Mm -hmm. You can't drink until you're 21 in most states. That's the government. Mm -hmm. You can't vote until you're 18. That's the government. So this notion that wearing a mask and socially distancing puts the government in our lives in, in an intrusive way, that's just false. Right. You know, government is already in our lives. And, and when you look at those 250,000 people who've lost their lives, I say this is a small price to pay, although it's difficult. And I want to minimize the pain that people are feeling, either a business owner or someone who has you know, severe isolation and depression. But if we don't do something, are we will will you know? Are we willing to, as a country, to say five hundred thousand people dead, mm -hmm. twenty million people infected? Mm -hmm. And until Biden and, and Harris get into office and get the scientists back in charge, we're all going to have to make tremendous sacrifices. And I just encourage people to look at it that way. The light is at the end of this tunnel. It's coming. <laughs> yes, it's there. right now. It's being blocked by Donald Trump. So. If we can get them to slide left or right, we can see that light. I mean, really interesting when you were saying that about, uh, you know, speed limits. And because some people could say, you know, it's infringing on my rights because I never would drive past 65. You know, I, I never drive past 55. I drive accordingly in school zones. Why are you why are you why are you forcing me to live like this? And that's very true. What you're saying is that, look. There's 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 a, a right and a wrong in life, you know, and we all put rules in place to protect the masses. Not always saying the individual you can live a right life. I'm not gonna I don't own a gun, so I'm not more likely I'm not gonna shoot anybody in my lifetime. But there are people who do own guns, and you have to have gun laws to stop them from just shooting anybody when they feel like it. But you know, when they, when you think about all the things that you're doing, Ariva, and this special report, and 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 being able to launch, and you're saying congratulations over the 100 episodes that you've taped so far. What is the future of this opportunity that you're doing on Facebook? Well, I, you know, I hope that it continues to grow. We, we've been growing the audience. We've been, mm -hmm. the guests have just been phenomenal. I, I've mm -hmm. been blown away myself uh, by some of, not just the experts, because like I said, I had a lot of contacts with those, but some of the, the real people. Uh, I, I've had the most amazing conversation with Oscar Grant's mother, Wanda mm -hmm. Grant. Mm -hmm. uh, she, you know, her struggle with her son, Oscar, who was killed by, uh, you know, transit police mm -hmm. uh, in Northern California, Mm -hmm. Turned into that big movie, you know, Fruitville Station mm -hmm. with uh, Michael B. Jordan and Octavia That was his breakout Spencer, movie. Mm -hmm. As well as uh, Sandra Bland's mm -hmm. sister, mm -hmm. you know, who talked about what that tragedy was like for her family and going through such a public uh, funeral and, and having to grieve your sister in such a public way. Uh, there's a, a guy named Keith Gramble who's been on my show a couple of times. He lost his father 
and his grandfather on the same day from COVID. And he learned, you know, in that short period of time, his mother had COVID and uh, several of his brothers and sisters, including him. So, you know, families like that just ravaged by COVID. Uh, one of the state legislators in Michigan who was in the Michigan State House when those uh, armed militia came and right. threatened, you know, the, the, the state legislators. So just having a chance to sit down and, and talk to those people and learn about their experiences has just been an amazing way for me <laughs> to manage my own mental health uh, issues during this period. So I, I just want to keep bringing those stories. I, you know, I just want to keep connecting with real people like that and giving them an opportunity to share their story. Some of the thank you notes I get from guests, uh, again, and even my experts, you know, because experts go on national television mm -hmm. and local television and they get two minutes to talk. Right. You know, but when they come on a special report, <laughs> we may do a 15 minute interview where mm -hmm. they really get to explain themselves mm -hmm. uh, and answer questions. And again, talk to real people. And one of the big issues now that I'm so focused on, laser focused on is the vaccine. 70% mm -hmm. of the African-Americans say they won't take the vaccine. Mm -hmm. And unless we have, you know, well over 50% of the Americans who mm -hmm. take it, it won't be effective. Mm -hmm. And there's been not nearly enough conversations happening in the black community with experts, with influencers like you, with celebrities mm -hmm. about the vaccine. So we just did a show this week. Uh, we've done multiple shows on the vaccine. And that's an area where, you know, I'm dedicated to, are, you know, helping people understand what the safety issues are, but hopefully helping people feel more comfortable once the data is out, right. once mm -hmm. the research has been, you know, uh, vetted <laughs> upwards and backwards and leftwards and right from people we trust, mm -hmm. you know, people we trust, uh, getting people to understand how important it's going to be. If we ever want to get back to anything that looks like normal, and mm -hmm. I don't even know what the new normal will look like, right. but if we want to get you know, back to restaurants, back to movie theaters, you know, decimated, movie theaters decimated. <laughs> We're going to have to, you know, increase the number of people in this country who are willing to get vaccinated and black people in particular. Cool. Let's talk about Butterfly Health, you know, um, Next Cube, uh, Marlon Evans. I interviewed him on the show. So when I saw it pop up on your, your just, oh, it's my man Marlon Evans out of Stanford University. Uh, let's talk about he's he's, he's, a, he's, a, he's a CEO of Next Cube and they go out there and they fund tech and health oriented uh, platforms. And that's what Butterfly Health is. It's a, it's a health-oriented platform. Talk about how that relationship came together and exactly what is Butterfly Health. So, you know, Rashawn, from knowing me, I'm a serial entrepreneur. So, you know, I, I can't sit down without, you know, starting something new. Uh -huh. So people ask me, what did I do, you know, in the, uh, the quarantine? I've written a new book. I started a, a digital talk show and I started a new company <laughs> called Butterfly Health with my mm -hmm. brother. Mm -hmm. My brother uh, is a tech entrepreneur. He's mm -hmm. had two successful exits from tech companies. And I had this idea because, you know, the work I do around autism and special mm -hmm. needs, I come into contact with so many caregivers mm -hmm. and the issue of mental health. I really started thinking about this uh, last year, the end of last year before COVID uh, and just how impacted the families I dealt with were with mental health issues. Mm -hmm. And I called my brother and I said, hey, look, I got this idea. Mm -hmm. I said, can I send you this non-disclosure agreement before I tell you about <laughs> no, the you idea? Didn't. No, you didn't. You didn't yes, send an NDA to your and brother. And he said, I won't tell you what he said. <laughs> yes, I will tell you. <laughs> but after a few choice words, yes, yes, I yes. got him to agree that I could send him this concept <laughs> and, and he would advise me on it. 
<laughs> I love and it. And we started talking about it, and and he gave me a, a sense about you know why I needed someone like him because yes. despite all of my he skills, had to pitch I himself to you, Miss NDA. <laughs> and so he uh, told me that you know for a, a percentage of my company, he would uh, come in as a co-founder and love it. be the COO. So th- that's what brought the brother sister team together, but. Uh, you know, it's it's a digital therapeutic uh, application uh, available on iOS and mm-hmm. Android, and it's targeted to the Medicaid population. We grew up poor. You know my story, mm-hmm. North St. Louis, Louis. Mm-hmm. on surviving mm-hmm. on food stamps, mm-hmm. on Medicaid ourselves. So we wanted to deliver and develop a product targeted specifically for that marketplace. And that's what Butterfly does. And, and NextQ, uh, they invest in early startup healthcare mm-hmm. uh, companies. And uh, a f- one of our advisors referred us to Marlin and NextCube. And they, you know, we went through an application process. And so they now have invested in the company. Uh, we went through an accelerated program with them. We've gotten investments from uh, Startup Health. We've gotten investments from Congratulations. Uh, a, a investment fund in Tennessee called uh, Jumpstart Foundry. Mm-hmm. And so we are building the company. We're in conversations with major health plans, uh, as well as health systems like Kaiser about rolling the platform out at the beginning of next year. Uh, all of these companies are, are clamoring for a solution to address health equity issues, mm-hmm. to address you know underserved populations. So from a timing standpoint, you got a tsunami in mental health issues happening because of COVID and the social uh, unrest. Mm-hmm. And you have health companies who've said, we are committed to diversity and inclusion in ways you know, perhaps they hadn't been in the past. So you have those two things colliding, uh, creating some tremendous opportunities for us to, one, uh, raise a lot of capital for Butterfly mm-hmm. and then to roll it out and to have an impact on the lives of, of people who desperately need it. So super excited about that. Well, I tell you, it's been 30 minutes of a good conversation with a friend. Uh, Reva, uh, know this, I, I do a lot of uh National shows, a black news channel has me on like once a month talking about the COVID and the financial situation and how uh, black America has to deal with the crisis that's not being funded properly by our Democrats or our Republicans. So if you ever want me on your show, I'd love to come on your show. I watched it. Uh, you're well, such a highly respected. Consider yourself individual. booked. Yeah. We do, we'll work out the details. Work out the details. <laughs> I'm tell you, I, I will come on there strictly talking about the financial side and the, the budgets and what's not happening and why they won't pass this bill and they need to stop trying to, they're not going to get these folks $600 a week. I'm just going to tell you that right now. They're not going to happen. But they, yeah. they can't, they should be giving them something because there's some big tax bills that are going to be coming this way. 1231 month of January is going to really cripple not only America, but especially the black community, because we're always the hardest hit as we're being the hardest hit by COVID. But I want to thank you for coming on Money Making Conversation. You look fantastic. Thank, thank you. you. And your conversation happy, was brilliant. Happy holidays to you and your family. Thank you. If you want to hear more Money Making Conversation interviews, please go to moneymakingconversation.com. I'm Rashawn McDonald. I'm your host. Thank you, Stephen A. Welcome to Money Making Conversations. I'm your host, Rashawn McDonald. I recognize that we all have different definitions of success. For some, it's a sizable paycheck. Mine is helping people wake up and inspiring them to accomplish their goals and live their very best life. These are my passions, and that's what I'm going to do for you. That's why I created Money Making Conversations. I want you to stop tripping over small challenges and prepare to rise above the bigger obstacles that life will present to you. Really, in the, in the year of pandemic, you have to understand that you need relationships, you need people to believe in you. And as you develop those relationships, they will go beyond 2020 into 2021. My next guest is a, is, is a survivor. 
is a trooper, is a, is a, is a, is a, as they say, has a sultry voice, is, has a voice that I don't have, by the way. My next guest is Will Downing. With a career that expands 32 years in the music business and 23 albums to his credit, the Prince of Sophisticated Soul has a repertoire that consists of signature interpretations of R&B classics like I Go Crazy, Wishing on a Star, and I Try, with original hits, A Million Ways, Sorry I, and the show-stopping duet with Rachel Farrell, Nothing Has Ever Felt Like This. Will is discussing his release of his latest music project, So Many Good Die Young, a moving and powerful tribute song and video, as well as current events such as being an artist in the pandemic, coping with work stoppage, hosting this popular weekly radio show, The Wind Down. Please welcome to Money Making Conversation. I've seen him many times on stage in Houston, Texas at the Arena Theater, my man, Will Downing. How you doing, sir? Pretty good, my friend. Pretty good. I, I mentioned good, that, I mentioned that I, I threw back some history on you. Uh, the Houston, Texas, that's where I'm born and raised. Many times I've seen you in concert at the Arena Theater. Tell everybody what the Arena Theater is and some of the complications that it presents for a performer like you. <laughs> well, uh, first and foremost, good to see you. Yes, sir. Uh, I always love playing in the Houston area and, and Houston. <laughs> I mean, I, I think I started my first show there was at like Rockefellers many, many, yes. many, many, many years oh, Wow, ago. 450 yeah. seats. Oh, yeah. I know exactly. Oh, yeah. I just looked this way. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I, <laughs> my, my mind sort of works a little bit. Oh, Washington Avenue. Arena, I know exactly where Rockefellers oh, is at. There you go. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But the Arena Theater, uh, for those who don't know, it's a theater in the round. It's one of the few that still exist in the in the country. Mm -hmm. uh, there's one in New York, and, uh, and I think maybe the Arena might be the only. Oh, there's another one in. in in Arizona. Right. But what I was going to say is a theater, it's a it's a stage that rotates. Mm -hmm. So it rotates very slowly. So when you're performing, it's like, oh, there's that lady. And you right. spin around and like, there's that lady again. <laughs> yes. There's that lady again. So it's a rotating stage. Seats about 3,000 people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And you have to entertain because mm -hmm. basically you have to kind of cater to everyone. Right. It's not like you're looking at them, you know, head on. It's like you got to turn around and look this way, then look this way and Absolutely. try to feel, make everyone engage. So it's, it's a it's an interesting concept. But if you're a good entertainer, uh, it's it's a perfect you know setting. Absolutely. Well, you know, when, we, when you're talking about your career and uh, being a singer and uh, you in the time, I don't know, would you consider the times we are living in right now with the pandemic and with the social unrest that's going about? Because I want to get to your song, So Many Good Die Young, and it includes some social unrest conversation in that in that tremendous song. Where is it as an artist emotionally? Where are you at right now, Will Downing? Well, you know what? I think that as artists, and I can speak for uh, some of my other artist friends mm -hmm. because we talk often, uh, it's a roller coaster ride. You know, mm -hmm. um, you know, we were riding high for a long time. I mean, you know, work was plentiful. Right. And then all of a sudden in March, this thing just sort of hit. Right. And most of us were kind of thinking like, oh, you know, we'll be out of work for maybe a month or so. Right. You know, and then we'll get <laughs> yes. back. Yes. And here we are in you know, November mm -hmm. and the even the horizon, you know, that right. that light at the end of the tunnel looks very dim. So, you know, we're looking at, you know, probably, you know, the mid part of 2021 before we get back to work. So in the meantime, you know, we have to make do with what we have mm -hmm. and find a new way. 
Right. When you so, say a new you way, know, finding a new way has been, has been challenging for some yeah. and interesting for others. Right. So when you say, because a lot of people look at a singer and doesn't realize a singer or a performer like you, uh, you're an entrepreneur, you're a business person. And so when you're looking at the business, you have to put together a budget and other people depend on your your touring, your revenue that you bring to the right. table. Like I said, we all expected it to be as, as well as I, you know, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm an entrepreneur on a business in Atlanta, Georgia. I have, I have employees that look to me to deliver a paycheck at least twice a month when they expected right. to pay their own personal bills. And so when they when they told us to shut down for two months, I thought like you, we, up in May, we'd be back up and running. But then when all the advertising industry said, hey, we're going to go away for the second quarter and then the third quarter. And then we look now where we see the pandemic is spiking again. You know, we're over 150 cases per day. So that's what you're right. saying is that when it looks like it may be a potential to get turn around and live venues start opening back up and featuring consistent. There are some venues out there that are open, but it's inconsistent because of the fact that are people willing or comfortable to go back into arenas? Because right now the movie industry is, is dying because people are not comfortable with going into movie theaters. So what do you think is the big push that's going to make a difference? Is it the vaccine or you think a, a comfort zone with people accepting the responsibility of wearing masks? Well, I think it's a combination of both. And unfortunately, uh, you know, people of color have been used as guinea pigs for, you know, these vaccines in the past and Mm -hmm. it hasn't really worked out well for us. So I'm assuming that a (laughs) lot of folks are sort of like, you know, I think I'm going to wait, you know, and and see what happens to, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. other folks and, and see how this, you know, see how this vaccine works. So, um, and then plus, you know, for my demographic, you know, right. my demographic is slightly older. That you have to, yeah, get out of here. <laughs> we, we know that we will, but you're telling the truth, you know, because I'm gonna tell you when it, when it, when the uh, pandemic hit in Atlanta, Georgia, eight out of the ten cases that were in the hospital were African Americans. And so right. that is why when I look at it, the whole situation right now, you know, that's why Donald Trump was out there campaigning. They didn't want to say it, but they know who it's been affecting. It's affecting right. people of color, right. uh, people over 65. And that wasn't his base. Right. And so right. so he was just out there flaunting it again. His base can get COVID-19, but not like right. at the risk of like we can get it. And I say we mean people of color, African-Americans, especially when you say eight out of 10 cases. So they all know from a standpoint that, you know, that's why that that the the minority community, when I include the minority, include the Latinos. But this is our audience. And so, you know, our audience dollars already stretched anyway, Will. And so when you have us having to deal with, you know, uh, no stimulus package, uh, uh, venues that are not available for us to perform in. When I say us, because, you know, yeah. I, I, I book venues, I book talent. I've been a, a, a talent myself as a stand-up comic. So I know what it takes and what it what it means when you go out there with these venues opportunities, these venue opportunities. You make a difference when you used to come into Houston because that venue was open and then people right. worked the ticket booth. People did the ticket, uh, you know, did sold drinks. And so you are like a machine and you are a revenue generator, not only for the for yourself personally, for the city of Houston. You know, you flew into right. town, you know, you had car service, you had hotel. Right. So, you know, I, I don't know if you right. look at yourself in that perspective. So as you go from town to town, you just moving, you just bringing your little revenue generating behind from each city and you're making a difference in the community and that's not happening well, yeah. anymore. And that's a really big deal. Do you, rec- do well, you yeah, recognize I mean, your there's, responsibility there's certainly- there? 
Yeah, there, there's certainly a domino theory that, yes. you know, that you're speaking of, you know, um, as you said, you know, I have eight employees that I, you know, eight folks that travel with me. So right. eight band members who rely on me, in some cases, not exclusively right. to, to feed their family because musicians kind of jump from, you know, artist to artist mm -hmm. uh, and they make it work in their calendar somehow so that no one gets screwed. You know, so if, right. if I'm performing, you know, uh, <laughs> more than likely there's someone that they're working with is not hitting at the same time or mm -hmm. around the same uh, same same weekend so we can get the same folks. So needless to say, eight or nine people I employ uh, and they, you know, when this thing hit, they were looking at me like, you know, hey, you want to take this chance. And as you just said, you know, this disproportionately hits our community. And as I was uh, saying earlier, the age demo for us, if even if they did open up the venues now. Right. If a lot of the people that come to my concerts check off all those boxes, you know, high blood pressure of a certain age, uh, you know, had pre-existing uh, um, conditions. Mm -hmm. So if someone were to come into the arena theater, to come see me and if someone sneezed people would be running up them aisles to get the freak out of <laughs> unfortunately here. yes yes and yes, not to mention yes, the, yes. the the potential and, lawsuits and, and will you that, might be running off the stage <laughs> i might be running off the stage i say good evening ladies and gentlemen sneeze good night <laughs> yeah i, I mean it. it's just a risk that uh right now mm -hmm. uh is i don't think that's a smart thing to do um I think everyone just has to be patient. You know what I mean? I know we've been patient for some time. Right. And yes, we are. It looks like we are going into some form of, uh, of a second lockdown. Right. But even with that, I mean, you're nothing without your health. Absolutely. So, you know, health comes you, you got you to gotta be patient. Just you know, take your time. You're listening to Money Making Conversations with Rashawn McDonald. We'll be right back. Cars today are like a computer on wheels, but you can't fix any of these new features yourself. So when something breaks, it could cost you a fortune. And now is not the time for expensive repairs. That's why you need CarShield. CarShield has affordable protection plans that can save you thousands for a cover repair, including computers, GPS, electronics, and more. CarShield understands payment flexibility is a must. Plans are customizable and as low as $99 a month. No long-term contracts or commitment. Plus, you get to pick your favorite mechanic or dealership to do the work and CarShield takes care of the rest. They also offer complimentary 24-7 roadside assistance and a rental car while yours is being fixed. CarShield is America's number one auto protection company. For as low as $99 a month, you can protect yourself from surprises and save thousands. Call 1-800-CAR-6000 and mention code MONEY, M-O-N-E-Y, or visit carshield.com and use code MONEY, M-O-N-E-Y, to save 10%. That's carshield.com, code MONEY. A deductible may apply. Welcome back to Money Making Conversations. I'm your host, Rashawn McDonald. Well, we, I want to I want to shift gears and go to the uh, this new inspirational uh, single, uh, "So Many Good Die Young." You know, uh, I think that um, we were really, really stunned by the the death of Kobe and his daughter Gigi mm -hmm. earlier this year. I think the world was stunned. Uh, uh, you know, from a, I have a daughter, so I was affected emotionally because I know. Right how much my daughter means to me and he died with his daughter and right, she was right. kind of like his uh his 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 uh, uh, female version of, of him you know she played basketball right, 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 and so right. she loved her daddy you know what I'm saying not saying the other daughters didn't love him either but but so many people and I saw it and I saw the video and I and I looked at it again and it includes a lot of individuals that 
you know, when I realized that Aaliyah, she died when she was 22. I forgot about right. it, that yeah. she was that young. Right. And Tupac was 25. I was yeah. like, wow, you know, and, you know, yeah. you have Whitney Houston. But before I jump too early into it, let's talk about, walk us through the steps of that song coming about. Uh, so Many Good Die Young. It was released November 11th. And um, one of the main reasons we are interviewing you today is to let people know about that song and get the word out and people start downloading and, and, and start living with it. And listen yeah, to yeah. Well, th thank you very much. Um, yeah. Once again, the song is entitled "So Many Good Die Young," and the inspiration for it was I'm working with uh, one of my band members. We've been doing the last uh, about four or five records together, and we were doing this record. And I just said, you know, we need something with a little bit more substance. We're missing right. a song. You know, I'm, I'm pretty much been recording an album since we've been off. Right. And, you know, and listening to what we've had, I said, man, we, you know, we got all the dance stuff. Mm -hmm. We got all the, you know, we got all the love songs. I said, mm -hmm. we need a song of some substance. And he mm -hmm. said, I'm working on something right now that's, um, it's, it's sad. He said, but it's a beautiful song. He said, you want to hear it? He said, I just started on it. Mm -hmm. And he started playing me So Many Good Die Young. Mm -hmm. And together we kind of penned uh, this song. The inspiration for it was the passing of uh, Chadwick Boseman. You know, right. which was a shock to the world as well. I mean, no one knew that he was sick mm -hmm. uh, and it kind of hit us all hard. And then it got both of us thinking, like, how many other people have died at this early age? Mm -hmm. And as you said, you know, people like Aaliyah, um, Prince, Michael mm -hmm. Jackson was was 50, mm -hmm. Tupac, 25. Mm -hmm. Hell, uh, Martin Luther King and Malcolm were only 39. Mm hmm. Then you and went you back and hit my man they, Marvin Gaye, 44. I was, oh, no. Um, yeah. Yeah. At 39, both of them gentlemen changed the world. Yes, they did. You know, uh, and it, it makes you look at yourself and what you're doing with your life and how mm -hmm. you're living your everyday and mm -hmm. all those old sayings that you used to hear your, your aunts and your uncles and your right. grandparents and your parents say, like, you know, tomorrow's not promised. Live every day like it's your last. All of a sudden, it's sort of like, Bing, all that stuff starts to make sense to you and you might start taking life a little bit more seriously and enjoying life and uh, also adding something to society and giving something back you know what i mean leaving your mark you know with the uh, advent of the internet which in my opinion is one of the greatest inventions right. ever made the great <laughs> one of the greatest top but it is also one of the worst right Mm -hmm. There's so much information out there that misinformation now, and when yeah when when something happens in the world today mm -hmm. if someone passes away right. it's almost like like we become desensitized right. it's kind of like you're here mm -hmm. and then you're not right, <laughs> right. you know right. so you're a blurb on a on a feed you know if you're on one of the social media platforms you see it so and so passed away today and it's like right. oh my god this is terrible and then it rolls up a little bit. And then it's like you literally just forgot You're not trending anymore. Who we were hey, talking Will, about, you know, and Will, you know, when you I was looking at the anything. video, when I was watching it, listening to the song, you know, it, it's a lot of things going on in there. You know, like I said, you know, because you know we have Kobe in there, we had Chadwick, you know, his, his untimely death. You know, we have Marvin right. Gaye, you have you know uh, civil rights leaders, uh, uh, Martin Luther King and uh, Malcolm X, and then you had uh, Tupac in there, and then you got. 
current, even more current, George Floyd's in there, Breonna right. Taylor's in there. So right. in, 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 in putting the, in the inspiring layers together, because that's, that's a lot of different things going on there. You know, when you have something right. with Michael Jackson in there and Prince in there, you know, you could have went all, all Luther Vandross is in there. And so I, I've right. seen this video several times, Will, so I can, I can just start rattling <laughs> off, you know, my boy, I saw Gerald Levert, I almost, I, and Sean, I, I took a seat back because Gerald's death was a shocker too. Gerald Levert, that, uh, and so when I when I yeah. when I, it could have been all music, okay? Because mm-hmm. you had Whitney and Aaliyah. What made you start crossing genres as far as you know? Because Chadwick and Kobe, Kobe sports, Chadwick is acting, and then the uh, the death, the the civil rights that led to major civil unrest in the city of Louisville is Breonna right. Taylor and George Floyd yeah. out of Minnesota. When did you start saying, you know, some, I'm going to include everybody. I have to make sure this message goes across board and I'm not going to make it just a celebrity driven piece. Well, I decided to do that because all of these people really meant something to the world and changed the world. Right. I mean, no one, you know, the average person didn't know who George Floyd was. Right. And then all of a sudden, the world is looking at the TV and they're seeing this officer with his knee on his neck. And right. then all of a sudden, people around the world got it. Like, okay, you know, maybe maybe we are leaning a little bit too hard on people of color. Right. You know, and it made the world pay attention. They had right. demonstrations around the world. Mm-hmm. So it changed. It changed all of our thinking. Mm-hmm. The, 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 the numbers eight, four, six and the time eight minutes and 46 seconds, all of a sudden means something to everyone around the world. It'll almost be as iconic as nine eleven. Yes. You know, so when you think of something like that, that's big and you need to speak on that and let people know. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, and it's funny in the video and it's not funny, but in, in the video, I put um, the officer you know, I put his picture in the video and some and some people comment and say, hey, why'd you put a space in this? Like, I never want you to forget how this young man passed away. It was not of natural causes. Right. You know, I always want you to, as, as young folks say, stay woke. I want you to stay awake, stay woke. Mm-hmm. You know, keep your eyes open. This man took this young man's life at this early age. Right. But in a, in a warped sort of a way, he's become a martyr, right. you know, because now people are awake. Every time they see that, they'll kind of like, you know, maybe they'll, they'll they'll treat people that don't look like them a little differently, you know, and they'll wake up and kind of like, oh, maybe I should give this person an opportunity. Maybe I shouldn't be so nasty. Maybe right. I shouldn't. You know what I mean? Let's treat each other a little bit more fairly. So, you know, that that's why I left that in there. So everyone that's on that video has changed the world. Yes. In some sort of a way. Right. From a musical standpoint, from an acting standpoint, from a, I think Kobe, from a, from a parenting standpoint, as well as a sports figure, you know, Hall of Fame career that he had with the LA Lakers. But like I said, you know, that's why I, I, I was really, you know, uh, Torres B.I.G. in it. You, you really got a lot of people in this, in this, in this, in this, uh, video. And it really, uh, took me down memory lane. And also, like, you know, when you go from Luther, you go to Tupac, you go to Torres B.I.G. And then when you look at some of, you know, it's tragic because you know Tupac was killed, you know, 
by, by drive-by situation. Same thing with Notorious right. B.I.G. So a lot of these individuals right. were victimized, and Marvin Gaye was killed by his brother. So a right. lot of the individuals father, were yeah. victimized by circumstances that 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 they didn't even see coming, or, or, right. or didn't even have control of. It wasn't natural causes, you know. You know, we know right. Aaliyah was through a, a plane crash, and so that's the, they didn't get a chance to live their lives to the to the fullest because they all died young, and that's the right. name of the song. So many good die young that right now right. you can see it on youtube uh it was released november 11th i'm gonna put it in my newsletter this week will i go out to ninety thousand subscribers if you don't mind i'd like you know put a little put, put a few more views on it from from the uh money making conversation side <laughs> hold on hold on hold on hold on amen amen <laughs> from your lips to god's ears i mean the, 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 another interesting thing about the song, and I, I'm not going to take up too much of your time. Oh no, no! But first of all, Will, first of all, Will, you know, you family here, money making conversation. Well, well, that, well, it's about family because well, I want to talk about more about your you know, greatest accomplishments, and because you know the thing about it, and you creating relationships, and you know the value of relationships. And I created this platform because of the fact that I wanted individuals to come on here, talk about their music, but also talk about their careers, to talk about their brands, because you are iconic in this industry. You, you oh, have, when I say you, iconic. Man. There's longevity tied to your success. You know what I'm saying? Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. I'm just to let you know, people always say, you know, everybody wants to be a singer. It's hard, man, to come into a city and convince somebody to take food off their table and go buy a ticket to come see you. That's a gift. That's a (laughs) gift. It's it's true, man. My my father, uh, he passed away five years ago Mm -hmm. when I told him, you know, many, 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 many years ago that this is what I want to do for a living. One of the first things that came out of his face was, you know, well, you know, everybody can sing. Everybody can dance. Everybody can play sports. (laughs) What makes you special? What makes you think people going to spend their hard earned money Mm -hmm. to come see you? Mm -hmm. And, you know, so I mean, I laugh about it now, but back then he was very serious. And I remember as I was coming up, I started out in the clubs. Um, like around New York and he would come and he'd come to like a, you know, two or 300 seater. And, you know, he kind of got it then. It was like, yeah, you know, yeah, this is cool. And then one time I played Carnegie hall hmm. and he came to Carnegie hall and he's like, well, you know, well, well, who else is on the show? I'm like, I said, I said no, no dad. It's just me. Is it? Well, you telling me all these people are coming to see you. Yes. I said, yeah, Dad. so you just need me and your mama to come to fill some seats. I'm like, no, 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 no. I said, Dad, I said, I think it's sold out to come see you. I said, yeah, so <laughs> I, I can see him from the stage. So I come walking out on stage right. and my father does this. This is the funniest thing ever. I see him and I start singing and people are uh, applauding and he's doing this. He's looking back in the audience. Yeah. Like y'all paid your money to see him, <laughs> so <laughs> I'm like, Dad, I'm gonna kill you. But it was it was the moment that he kind of got it. You, you know, know like people, you know, I, you know, I can relate to that. Started because... spending their money, and people were singing along. And he's like, oh, okay, well. You know, yeah, I, I guess, you know, I, I guess you are kind of doing this. Absolutely. Yeah, because it, it, my father was, was the same moment, way. You know? My father was the same way because I, I did stand up comedy. So he didn't he didn't even remotely understand how that was going to be a possible success right. turn for me. And it wasn't. And I bought a club in uh, Houston, Texas in 1992. And so um, he came in and he looked around. He said, this you. 
And he walked into the room. We see about 350 people. It was sold out. People was a line outside the door where people couldn't get in to see me. He said, they come here to see you. So I know exactly when you take a person who is blue collar, true and true. Okay, right. entertainment is you know back day that was Sammy Davis Jr. You know what I'm saying? That was right. that was a Pearl Bailey. You know to him, you know right. that was that, that right. was the star. Nat, you know Nat King Cole, dude. Right. His boy, his boy to be a Carnegie Hall. This white folks right. country here now. This white folks country. I know exactly where he was at now. And that's if anybody know Carnegie Hall is in Manhattan. It's one of the, uh-huh. you know, the classic venues, man. Oh, you, right. it's one of the venues when you start making it in this business. You know, you know, you play Carnegie Hall. You know, then you play uh, like if you get really big, play the, you know, play the Madison Square Garden, Madison Square you Garden, play, uh, or something like that. You know, right. play any place right. like the Fox, any of the Fox theaters. You know, right? And you sell right. those bad boys out. Your career is on fine wine lane, right there. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You you saying something? So it, it was a it was an aha moment, and it's and it's also good to know that people do you know spend their hard earned money to come see you. You know, it right. is it's tough out here. You know, and and you know people have responsibilities. They have children. They have bills. You right. know, and for someone to kind of say, I'm going to take my money and go see this person right you know that means a lot well I, a lot. my whole thing then uh like i said uh with you taking the time to come on money making conversation will is that you know your, your brand is like i said uh you know you're so humble but believe me when i hear i try you know you know you sitting on that stool i can see that video right now you know you're sitting on that stool <laughs> with that suit on black and white but I, will, will said, this boy do remember too he remember too much <laughs> <laughs> I try, hey, you know listen, what I'm saying? Well, was was, long, was, was, see, well, I can't sing, but I can be you, though. You know what I'm saying? I can <laughs> I can imagine myself being you because of the fact that your gifts, your talent, man, you 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 you've given us a sound that relaxes me, you know what I'm saying, that that makes me feel good about to tomorrow and that's all that we ask and your song and you know so many good die young is really about a song about tomorrow like you said right. you know never right. never look as to today and say i can do it tomorrow do it today if you can do it today do it today and yeah, that's what right you're now. saying with that song and, and 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 putting it together again came out November 11th. I'm putting it in my newsletter, Will, you know, because uh, you, you're part of my repertoire. I, I, like I said, I, I'm happy. I'm, see, this gets to me to be a fan because I've been a fan all these years, Will. I've been seeing you at the arena theaters and all that good stuff, you know, coming in that round. You, see, I was one of those guys like your daddy. That's my man right there, but he don't know yet. But now <laughs> in 2020, <laughs> we do know each other and my brother just keep the legacy building, man. I hope you realize man, that you have a home here with money-making conversation, and I will promote you, man. And like I said, when this pandemic pulls up, I know you'll be traveling when you come down to uh, Atlanta, Georgia. That's where I'm based. I want to invite you down into the studio, and uh, we oh, do a man, one-on-one, and we just keep building this relationship and just keep keep sending the message of the world down in sound, the prince of sophisticated Thank soul. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. I appreciate you, man. Okay, my man. Be safe now. We talk soon, Will. Thank you. You got it. Thank you. you. If you want to hear more Money Making Conversations, please go to MoneyMakingConversations.com. I'm Rashawn McDonald. I'm your host. We'll be right back with more from Rashawn McDonald and Money Making Conversations. Don't touch that dial. This report is brought to you by Humana. If you're a veteran on Medicare, there are Medicare Advantage plans that complement the coverage you get through the VA. Ed Sandrick is director of Humana's Veterans Channel. How does a Medicare Advantage plan work with VA benefits? 
a Medicare Advantage plan can complement uh, the health care services and benefits that a veteran gets at the, through the VA. The Medicare Advantage plans that Humana offers, particularly the Humana Honor Medicare Advantage plan, which was designed with veterans in mind who use the VA, works side by side. As I said, it, it kind of complements the VA health care. An individual can go to the VA for the services that he or she wants or needs at the VA and is eligible for, and also can use the uh, Medicare Advantage Network uh, as well, side by side. They don't uh, interrupt one another. Um, there are some myths and misconceptions among the veteran community that it, they may jeopardize their VA health care should they use original Medicare or Medicare Advantage. That's just not the case. For more information, visit Humana.com slash Medicare. Hi, I am Rashawn McDonald, host of MoneyMakingConversations.com. The Cafe Mocha Swag Award is a celebration of black men who are making a difference in our community by empowering others to reach their life goals. From civic leaders, businessmen, activists, celebrities, and everyday dads. The Cafe Mocha Swag Award winner this week is The Black Man Project. The Black Man Project founders are a filmmaker, Brian Ellison, a sculptor, Anthony Suber, and anthropologist, Marlon Hall. They travel the nation archiving the stories black men tell of mask and life's meaning. They're rooted in creating safe spaces for healthy conversations while exploring the many nuances that affect men of color. The need of, of these conversations and this project, it is something that has gone for so long uh, unnoticed. You know, a lot of us are, you know, suffering day to day. And a lot of times, you know, we're moving without actually going anywhere. And so we're spinning our wheels in essence when we, we need to tap into that, that inner self and be able to reflect and be emotionally healthy, really. Cafe Mocha Swag Award represents men who have strength, whose wisdom is assertive and who is genuine in their spirit. Welcome back to Money Making Conversations. I'm your host, Rashawn McDonald. Oh, yeah. Welcome to Money Making Conversation. Like he said, I am your host, Rashawn McDonald. I recognize that we all have different definitions of success. For some, it's a sizable paycheck. Mine is helping people wake up and inspiring them to accomplish their goals and live their very best life. These are my passions. That's what I'm going to do for you. That's why I created Money Making Conversation. I want you to stop tripping over small challenges and rise above the bigger obstacles that life will present to you. My next guest, she's here. Shonda Scott. She's the founder and CEO of 360 Total Concept, which is a portfolio of projects totaling $1.7 billion. You know, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. You know, $1.7 million, I'm, I'm rocking. I'm rocking now. I'm rocking. When you get to the billion, now, I, my degree is in mathematics. I start losing count. So I'm excited to talk about how she can remain so calm. And in her bio, she can put $1.7 billion, which is included giants such as BET, Uber, Comcast. Kaiser Permanente, major transit agencies, major transit agencies, and several international airports. Ms. Her vision of creating the premier consulting firm specializing in program management in the areas of monitoring and contract compliance, logistics, and facilities management. 360 incorporates communication components such as public relations strategy, social media, media production, as an added benefit to turning their client concepts into reality. Please welcome to Money Making Conversation, Sean. Scott. Well, thank you for that wonderful introduction. <laughs> well, well, $1.7 billion. Okay, this is a money-making conversation, Ms. Scott. Talk to us about being able to put that number in your bio with credibility. Well, those are mega projects, and my firm does work on mega projects mm -hmm. to ensure that 
not only our company, but other historically underutilized companies are a part of these projects. Most of the projects we worked on are um, voter approved bond projects. So they're $800 million, a billion dollar projects that voter money is paying for. Wow. So then I, we feel that it's important that we as the voters and we as supporters are part of those projects. And that's part, ma mainly our role is to build equity on these types of projects so that more people can have the same conversation <laughs> that, that others have had historically, that they are collectively working on billion dollar projects right. and working on these projects to ensure that there's better participation and there's money for everybody. So that tells you how much money is out there for everyone. It really is. And so when I, when I look at, uh, I started with the 1.7 billion, but I wanna, I wanna back up a minute and talk about you being the CEO of 360 Total Concept. What exactly is that and when was it founded? So I, I'm actually a fourth generation business owner. Our great, great grandfather was a developer after being born into slavery. Well, not great, great, great grandfather born into slavery, became a developer in the Rocky Mountains in Colorado mm -hmm. in a historically segregated area. He built resort homes and we have one still in our family from the 19 from 1920s that he built my great grandfather. Um, and so that's our family legacy. My parents uh, owned one of the largest African-American owned food services businesses in the 80s. So we have a legacy of entrepreneurship in our family. And I'm actually the CEO of 360 Total Concept, but I have 25 years business management experience. I started this company 14 years ago to be a part of the solution, to be a part of the solution that, uh, that builds equity, not only in the, in the communities in California, but nationwide. So the CEO work that I do is part of running my company, but we have multi mega projects that we also work on and help our clients meet their project needs. Okay. We're talking in infrastructure okay. and in capital programs right. and all that. So a lot of the buildings and rail projects that are in the, in this country, we, our, our team have worked on. Well, it's really important that we, we slow this down and break it down because, you know, 14 years and you seem to be ahead of the curve especially when you see now that diversity is such a big demand now. And so and you've all, your brand is already established, your resume, your bio experience. How has 2020 been for your brand? Being that I'm saying this publicly, that you are ahead of the curve in your thought process, which is a, a visionary portfolio going in these logistics, going into these uh, management and contractual needs that the companies really demand right now. So that's interesting that you said that about being ahead of the curve. I see it as being blessed um, and having a level of discernment in areas that you don't even know how you're going to use it. So this time last year, uh, my company, I, I implemented a, a work from home remote pilot that we tested yeah. out during the holidays because most of our companies that we partner with and work with around the holidays, it gets it's a little slower in mm -hmm. their businesses. Mm -hmm. They'll take holidays, but we're still doing project work. So I thought it would be a good time for my firm to test out this pilot. It's something I wanted to do, but I didn't necessarily be comfortable because, you know, at that time working remote, you know, how do you make sure that everybody's being productive? Are we going to still be productive? And then if everybody's not doing it, how are our clients going to receive it? So we were able to do it um, for uh, two or three months. And then it worked fine and it was a good, it was a good pilot. And then we uh, went and opened up and got into our new office space. And after that, the pandemic hit. Right. 
And right before the pandemic hit, I talked to my team because I think our people started feeling nervous about coming into the office and I didn't want them to feel like they had to come if it's work that we could still do remotely. So mm-hmm. since we had already, and let's be in a boutique business, since we had already done this pilot, I knew we would be still efficient and we would also still be productive and we could still meet our clients' needs while still working remote. So before the pandemic hit, I said, we're going to institute back our work remote option. So if every, if you want to work remote, you can do that. If you want to come to the office, that'll be open as well. Well, the next week, our entire state was shut down and our city was shut down. But we were still able to pivot because we had already done this pilot during a time where it wasn't a crisis. So when the crisis hit, we actually were helping some of our big billion dollar business clients pivot as well because they hadn't instituted a work from a remote work remote option. <laughs> and the fact that uh, they have such a larger workforce that their right. pivot was going to be much harder. So we right. were able to help them in ways that we weren't helping them before, because now, even though we had been using uh, Zoom since 2016, when we had Uber as a client, we had started using Zoom, we were able to start planning and doing meetings and hosting outreach and other engagement meetings that we normally did in person virtually. So thank God for that pilot and that we were able to just pivot through, even though we've had some of our business, um, some of our airport business impacted by the pandemic, the consulting part of our business was able, we were able still to provide services for our clients and even help build more service with them because now we have this virtual world. And since we also produce TV content, we were able to produce the meetings that we need to do actually via Zoom that is now used as production because of the, the pandemic and the social distancing requirements. It really, um, first of all, congratulations. You know, because of the fact that that is that is a big turn when you hear, you know, Twitter talking about stay home. Facebook said, you know, we're going to we want everybody to be home with a certain period of their production. Just just looking at the technical side, the paperwork side, unless somebody out there physically, you know, putting something together, then there is a thought process that they can be productive in an environment. But let me ask you this question, because I saw there's always that undercurrent of. You know, you can work at home, but do you still, how do you manage that person? How do you allow, what are the raise opportunity as far as, uh, you know, their work responsibility, their promotion within the company? Also, do they get paid a little less because of the fact that they're working at home? Facebook has said that. Where are your take on this? Because you deal with these situations on a regular basis and people are asking you these type of questions. Facebook has said it publicly. Look, if you work from home, you're not don't expect to get paid the same amount of money if you come to work. Well, 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 I feel like when you start playing that with people's money, that's that may not be fair, because I think I always believe that you should uh, pay people their worth. Right. You know, like I always say about equal pay. I was like, if for women, especially African-American women, if you want equal pay, then start your own business because you're going to pay yourself. You'll create, <laughs> you can create the environment that uh-huh. makes the pay fair. Mm-hmm. So I always believe in, um, you know, whatever are uh, the, the firms, the people that work for us, the teams that we're on, I'm going to negotiate the highest and best for them. That's fair and reasonable. And I think people should get paid their worth. So I, I feel like a billion dollar company, they should not then look at 
necessarily reducing someone's pay. I understand that now if you move out of California, they're starting to reduce your pay because of the cost of living. Right. Some people were getting on this bandwagon where they're like, oh, well, I can get this California pay and then I can move to Nebraska no. and still, well, that almost <laughs> is a way of you kind of pimping the system, right? So like, no, I can understand where you may reduce it to the comparable area that you live in versus you getting paid California rates right even though you live now moving to nebraska now if that's your business and you plan and you do that that might be a good business move but if you're working for someone and you're an employee that i can understand that strategy is maybe relooking at how much you're paying people because that would be an overcompensation for the work they're doing based on the cost of living and then and just to correct myself that's what facebook was doing based on the cost okay. of living in the area that you're in right. then you will be compensating accordingly like if, you, if you're in new york you might get 90 in Dallas, Texas, where the cost of living is less, you might get 70. I believe that's what they was referencing in the article that I was talking about. Let's talk about being a black female, a successful black female, with a woman of color, the president of the elect. Where, what is that What is that line yourself of? Why proud are you? Uh, or what, does it create a comfort zone? Does it create a, a comfort zone of finally? Because when she said, I'm not the last person to stand on the stage and ascend to the White House. What are your thoughts with that being the fact that you've been out there bumping heads, fighting, battling, trying to get respect, getting paid less than even your female white counterparts? Where are you at with that, Miss uh, Scott? I think it was so amazing to see all the pictures of the young girls that were looking mm-hmm. and what that will do to their uh, trajectory and how their confidence and how mm-hmm. that feels like how it's so how important it is mm-hmm. to really see people who look like you in these roles. I mean, I feel like I've seen my mentors who look like me. I worked for an African-American owned consulting firm, you know, years ago. So and my parents had businesses and my a lot of my mentors are look like me. They're African-American <laughs> women. So, you know, to see a woman of color in the highest position and these young people see that I think that is that's the part that fills my heart because I feel like everything that we're doing now is for the next generation we're planting seeds for their for trees to grow for them to sit under you know so things that we're experiencing now is that already happened like what we're experiencing now was work done in the past so the work we're doing now is for the future generations so what makes me feel good about all all the blessings in this moment is that this is planting seeds for our next generation. And that's our responsibility because I always tell uh, my colleagues, if the younger generation aren't succeeding, that's our fault. Right. You know, we are their mentors. We are there. We are leaving seeds for their for their legacy to build on. So I just get excited to see all the little pictures of the little girls with the with the puff balls looking <laughs> at the moment when, mm-hmm. you know, the election was done. You know, I think that's mm-hmm. all such a beautiful moment for those generations. And just I want to see how they'll turn out and what they'll what life will look like when that's them, you know, 30, 40, 50 years from now. You know, um, I'm going to just tell you about myself, Miss Scott. Um, when I look at you talk about generations and uh parents who are entrepreneurs and have owning property. And, you know, I'm, I'm just a, a born in the hood. You know, uh, I can remember when I was a kid, we went to a Wallerman farm when I was a kid and, you know, outhouse me. I don't even remember if it even exists, but I feel so fortunate to talk to people who family got it. 
you know, who who understood legacy, who understood value, who understood generational wealth, who understood generational opportunity, I guess I should say, and held on to things that have so much value, but also kind of like set you apart from other people who who the 40 acre, the 40 acre and the mural opportunity, the mural died and the land got sold. Okay, so how does that when you talk about your family open up that where is that at with you from a pride standpoint, from a legacy standpoint? Well, well, I'm I'm happy that they were able to pass down, you know, wisdom and knowledge Mm -hmm. and that I'm able to collect from our family the history and put the pieces together to kind of evolve and paint a picture for my life. But it was not without struggle and it was right. not without sacrifice and it's not without loss. I mean, you know, as an African-American in this world, no matter what level of success your family has had through the legacies, you've also had loss. I mean, my great grandfather was born a slave. I mean, he was his mom was a slave. His dad was a slave owner. And that was his beginning. He had to work to become a developer. He just had the vision to do that. You know, it's by the grace of God that my grandmother kept the family, some of the family property in our family for legacy and made a intentional uh, approach to make sure that it stayed in the family and passed down. And now we're able to see that importance and do it, developing measures to pass it down to the next generations. Um, my family was very successful, but there was loss. You know, I mean, they had to figure out ways and we all had to figure out ways from um, not being able to pass down generational wealth like our white counterparts are able to do, right. like they were able to do when they were owning slaves and passed. And I went to the National uh, Historic Museum of Black Culture, African-American Culture in, in Washington, D.C. Mm-hmm. And you actually see where they bequeath people, African people from generations. So they gave wealth to their family, even in free labor for, mm-hmm. for multi-generations. My grandmother's 102 years old in Houston on my mom's side. I mean, and you know, you just think about just in just her life and our mm-hmm. lives, that was all that generational of free wealth that was, uh, was slave wealth. So mm-hmm. then we now have to build on each generation, African-Americans, even if you're passing down wisdom and knowledge, you may not be able to pass down all that you've had and all that you've gained for five and four generations. I mean, that you probably can count the families in the, in the United States, African-American that have done that. But what the blessing is, is that families like ours have passed down wisdom and knowledge right. and the things that you cannot even pay for and the, and the ability to learn the best practices and learn lessons learned from whatever they've done. And that part I passed down to my son, you know, so now he'll be like a fifth generation uh, entrepreneur and then he can continue. So like from our generations to my great grandchildren, we can see that these things will be in. Now we're at a point where the, the passing down of wealth we can do, but the generational gap and the racial wealth gap, I mean, is still so vast. You're listening to Money Making Conversations with Rashawn McDonald. We'll be right back. Cars today are like a computer on wheels, but you can't fix any of these new features yourself. So when something breaks, it could cost you a fortune. And now is not the time for expensive repairs. That's why you need CarShield. CarShield has affordable protection plans that can save you thousands for a cover repair, including computers, GPS, electronics, and more. CarShield understands payment flexibility is a must. Plans are customizable and as low as $99 a month. No long-term contract 
contract or commitment. Plus, you get to pick your favorite mechanic or dealership to do the work, and CarShield takes care of the rest. They also offer complimentary 24-7 roadside assistance and a rental car while yours is being fixed. CarShield is America's number one auto protection company. For as low as $99 a month, you can protect yourself from surprises and save thousands. Call 1-800-CAR-6000 and mention code MONEY, M-O-N-E-Y, or visit carshield.com and use code MONEY, M-O-N-E-Y, to save 10%. That's carshield.com, code MONEY. A deductible may apply. Welcome back to Money Making Conversations. I'm your host, Rashawn McDonald. Here's, it's uh, not even measurable. It's so now bad. you let something slip out there. You said Houston. Did you say Houston, Texas? Right. My grandmother's lived in Houston for 102 years. Okay. Now I'm born and raised in Houston, Texas. Okay. Wow. Fifth Ward. So, so you be letting little stuff slip out. Your your uh, your, your, your young brother uh, cast him and sister sister back in the day, and now your grandmother lives in Houston, Texas. Now, right? Right, and my mom was born there. Okay, my mom's cool. from now, Houston. You, you need to stop. Casper okay. Gardens High School. Oh, 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 my. Okay, now she probably knows my older sister there. She probably does. Because, because I was I was born and raised in Fifth Ward. Oh wow! Which my is Casper Gardens on Sunnyside. Okay, wow. so right all that area. So, so we after then we moved into uh to the northeast side of Houston. So I wouldn't be surprised if we have have, have connected along the way because Cashmere is where she went to school. She graduated wow. from Cashmere. Oh yeah, she probably does. It's mm-hmm. a it's a so it's a powerful connection, Cashmere right. Garden alumni. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. So, so with that being said, oh, she should be slipping out this just to be dropping it. Like, oh, let's talk about this. You co-host your brother. He's an actor and uh, uh sibling. What sibling rivalry? Talk about that podcast and why are you suddenly getting in front of the mic and you've been so productive, so successful behind the mic. What, I know your brother, that's how he's made his dollars. You made your dollars, you know, silent, quiet, you're articulate, you're beautiful. Why now? Why now, Miss Scott? Well, I had a show for 14 years. It's, it's our 14th year now called Spotlight with Shonda. And it was why, how I celebrated success that came out of Oakland, California mm-hmm. and all the legacy and the rich history and the positive stories in front of the camera, but I'm, you're right. I like being producer and behind the scenes. I mm-hmm. like coming up with the vision and the creativity, but the what sibling rivalry moved me because so many people <laughs> wanted us to start sharing our uh-huh. story about our family, our mm-hmm. legacy. My brother and I have, you know, projects that are based on loosely based on our family <laughs> and our and different stories in our family. So the podcast just became like the right moment and the right time to start sharing uh, our just position between me being a girl and him being a boy and us right. being siblings, but right. us being close and the closeness of our families, what people wanted to, wanted to hear about and how it evolved. Because we always talk about when we were growing up, they called my mom Claire because they talked about our family was like the Huxtables. Right, like we were right. the place where everybody <laughs> would come and hang out. And my mom was like Claire. She had the Claire attitude. Right, she was professional. Right. She was fly uh-huh. and she didn't play. And so, and my dad was, you know, comedy, fun and professional, but mm-hmm. just really a card. Right. Mm-hmm. So we are now sharing the values of our family values and how we were brought up and the importance of that now. But then we also talk about the what sibling rivalry is like sometimes we don't agree and we have different opinions and we share that, too. And we're also been able to have, you know, a celebrity siblings come on the show to talk about their upbringing and how they became successful and how those same family values were instilled in them. So it's just fun and it's it's fun, funny and informative is what sibling rivalry. 
Well, the thing about it, uh, is so many ways. And that's that's why I, that's why I admire talking to you because you are ahead of the curve in a lot of ways with people, um, and you've been able to manipulate it to a business model. Everything tends to go back to you from an entrepreneurial standpoint. You know, you, you yes. look at the model, you say, "How can I use this to market and brand and build on my brand or my messaging?" And so what is the messaging you're trying to tell us about, you know, your company, uh, 360 Total Concept? So, like I said, I built the, founded the company based on being a part of the solution. Right. You know, so many times you hear about the, the racial disparity, the racial disparity mm -hmm. gap. You hear about how we are struggling as a community. You hear about how we're left out and not have a seat at the table. And I'm always saying, well, let's build our own table and invite people to have a seat with us. So the, the buy company is about bringing opportunity to others in a major way. You right. know, like I said, these major bond programs and these infrastructure projects are billion dollar projects mm -hmm. that we have the opportunity to be at the table and participate in the construction area, in the consulting area, in so many areas on these projects. And there's such a vast disparity between how we're underutilized that my company is like the bridge that help businesses that are historically underutilized mm -hmm. actually be able to be a part of these projects and build equity and build capacity so that their firm can be bigger and better and do the same thing for other firms. That's what we really are about. We're about equity and being that bridge of opportunity. You know, the, the, here's the interesting thing about it. And I'm going to just read right here. You know, you're creating a premier consulting firm specializing in program management in the area of monitoring and contract compliance, which is really, really, really. That's really, you know, let's put it when I when I look at job opportunities, you know, you don't just see a black person. Think about that as an option, you know, <laughs> monitoring, contract compliance, logistics and facilities management. Every one of those things I just said, say screams white. Screams white opportunities, white people got it on lockdown. How did you, in your mindset, see an opportunity and how did you get the door cracked open and then and stay in the door once it closed behind you? So so my opportunity came, like I said, from African aware. You didn't deny women. what I just said though. You, 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 I'm absolutely telling the truth, right? What you mean the perception that it is a yes. white? Well, because like what what and that's why I'm not upset about how white men network because mm -hmm. it becomes your network, like Absolutely. the people you mm -hmm. know, the people you trust. If you need to call someone, who you're going to call? The people, someone that you know as for a reference. So that's what their reference looks like, right? Mm -hmm. So it's important that we do the same thing for our community, and I've been blessed to have had. Black women, including my mom mm -hmm. and other black women business owners, cracked the door open for me. And that's why I feel it's important for me to keep the door kicked open, wide open <laughs> for others who look like me. Right. And like I always say, there's a study in McKinsey that they came out in 2019. And it said that black business success is success for America. Because yes. there's no time in history where we're successful, where we're not inclusive. We're always inclusive. Mm -hmm. So Black business is doing well. Everybody's doing well. So uh, it's important to us to make sure that black businesses are doing well so that America does well. So that's where my the, the, the passion for my company 
company and the passion for the work we do comes from. And it's important that just as people who look like me open doors for me, that I do the same thing. And that's what my family had my brother and I raised on that concept. And, you know, and that's what really is so compelling to hear you talk, because when you talk about racism, which, which really confuses me, because being a young man who grew up in a community, all I was taught was to uh, to achieve the white lifestyle, you know, get an education, you know, to follow the rules, you know, to provide a lifestyle that's be better than the lifestyle I already had, which means you had to pay taxes. But yet and still, racism rears its ugly head. Racism still wants to block you. Racism still wants to deny you your real opportunity or your value. And that being that you not only are female, but you're a black female, which means that you get to experience sexism and get to be put in uncomfortable situations because you are attractive. And uh, talk to us about that and and just the, the ability to keep your head up, to keep your head under, uh, understanding that your mission and your goals can be achieved and you have achieved your goals and you will continue to achieve your goals. Talk to us about that. Well, I am a woman of faith, you know what I mean? So so my spirituality, my faith in God is what really is my North Star, like literally North Star, right? Mm -hmm. Because I tell people, I don't see me. Like I'm looking at me on Zoom, I can see me, I see a reflection <laughs> of me in a mirror. But when I walk into the room, I don't know, I'm not looking at me, you're looking at me, right? right so right, I'm looking right. at me from the inside out. Mm -hmm. So I, my, it's important to me that my internal mechanisms are strong and together. And that looks like nothing. That looks like that's a spirit. That doesn't look like one black woman, black white male, you know? Right. So, you know, that's the only defense that I have to overcome any obstacles that come my way, mm -hmm. be it based on race, be mm -hmm. it based on, you know, my gender or mm -hmm. be it based on just, you know, the opportunity, because sometimes you can be excluded because, you know, you didn't go to the same college someone right. went to or you didn't do this the right way or, you know, you didn't get this education and degree or whatever. But you see how there are people who have succeeded with less than that. So it's beyond just, you know, what people see of each other. And I just feel like I always come from a place of hope because if we continue to allow how others feel about us become who we are and, and define who we are, we will never, you know, amount to all the possibilities God has for us, mm -hmm. which is beyond anything a man could project on me. Mm -hmm. So I, you know, and, and there's benefits to being a woman and there's benefits. I'm glad now that African-American, you can know, you can talk unapologetically about black businesses and supporting black businesses now, you know, where there were times where you couldn't even say black without feeling nervous, you know, and it's like, it's about time because like I said, our benefit is going to benefit everyone. You know, everyone. it's really, uh, it's a, first of all, I'm so enjoying my conversation with you because the fact that, um, I, I, we've had a lot of similar journeys in the in the um, in the world of relationships, you know. And I firmly believe that racism is often tied tied to placement. I would tell people, you know, decisions are made when people can see you. You have to always keep yourself in the in the line of sight of the decision makers. I always say, if you, decisions are made left, right, and in front. If you're standing behind somebody. When the decision is being made and that's your career path, then guess what? Don't blame that on racism. Blame that on effort. Blame that on positioning. And you said something similar to that in the beginning of our conversation. And when you talk about, I just bought a business in Atlanta, bought a building, 
first like I would tell I would you know we buy houses we buy jewelry we buy clothes we buy cars buy the building it's not something normal especially for African Americans or people of color and so in my Google they if you go if you if you put yourself in Google they now have a little box you can check if you're a black owned business that was not there prior to 2020 that you can click and say you are a black owned business. So now being a black owned business suddenly has value and recognition. And you're telling the absolute truth. Sometimes there's a black owned business. You didn't want to tell people. Sometimes you might want to let them think I'm white. You know, I don't want to lose no opportunity. Racism might stop me. Racism still might stop me. But at least it's allowing me the opportunity to recognize myself and be proud of the fact that I am a black man by purchasing a building, employing people, paying taxes paying taxes in this country. And that's important. And so when I, I shifted that, because three things I want to close out talking to you about is the fact that, you know, uh, Black Lives Matter. I want to talk about COVID-19 and your work with Barack Obama. So where do you want to start? With Black the, Lives Matter. You know, I got you. You know, we're going to go in that order. Black Lives Matter. Well, <laughs> you're right. Black lives do matter and they've always mattered. I yes. mean, like they said, Black lives built this country. You yes. know, we our, our forefathers mm -hmm. were the hands that built the White House. Yes. Where Michelle Obama famously says, you know, she thought about that every time that she was there as our first lady that Black slaves built this house, you know, mm -hmm. so... Black lives matter and they've always mattered. And mm -hmm. I'm, ha I'm happy to say that we can say that unapologetically. And I'm glad that that movement stayed with it and became not just a movement, but an opportunity to make black lives understand that they matter. Because yes. us saying it to everybody else doesn't matter if we don't feel it ourselves. Yes. And so uh, the way that black lives turned out at the polls this year and they can see the impact of it is so important to understanding that black lives matter and that we know black as black lives that we matter. Yes. And COVID-19 opened up the door to just show that moment that how black lives have been disparate, the disparity and the impact that we've had in all the bad areas, you know, health disparity, wealth disparity, education disparity. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. All COVID did was give a moment that stopped the world to see a pandemic, to see how it's disproportionately impacting the black lives that are dying at you know huge numbers from this disease. Then at the same time, opened up a door with the moment with jo George Floyd to see how racism was impacting our lives as well. Mm -hmm. So even in the midst of a pandemic, God is still blessing to reveal things to show how black lives do matter and that right. we know that we matter. Absolutely. And your work with former President Barack Obama. And President Obama and Mrs. <laughs> Obama, I will always say consistently were the most authentic, genuine and amazing human beings, but definitely public officials that I've ever seen. And the, and the part about it was, is that they weren't like the Bushes that were generationally raised mm -hmm. to be prepared to be in the White House. Absolutely. But they were authentic human beings. Every time you saw and engaged with them, they were the same way. If whatever you see on TV about them is who they are in person. And that says a lot about a person. I mean, it, I, I, it made me even double check me as a person to make sure that 
I'm always operating at my highest level, that if I'm always in an opportunity to use a platform to help others that I'm doing the same thing, just in the way that they elevated us as a people, mm-hmm. as a nation, as an entity in the way they took on the roles and the sacrifice they made for us and they served for eight years in the White House. I mean, there is no other moment in life that you could ever feel that much pride and respect the way they opened it up for the world to see how we can operate at our best. And we know it, but to know how they then reflected that in the roles that they were in, because they could have come in in any way. They were they were president. They right. could have been, you see how you can act anyway. You got the power <laughs> and the control. You do whatever you want, right? right? They use that for the good and the betterment of all human beings, and they continue to do that. So just, just amazing to have seen in this lifetime that happen. Yeah. It's just a blessing for all of us. To see uh, in our lifetime, which we thought, I know for a fact, I thought, I I, I would I'd share this story, which I remember I, I got an opportunity. Steve Harvey and I was in the L.A. Reed uh, penthouse, and they were doing a fundraiser for uh, President Barack Obama. I remember Jay-Z was there, Beyonce mm-hmm. was there and everything. And and um, Steve asked me, he said, uh, what do you think? I said, he'll never win. Not with a name like Barack Obama. Because I didn't feel this country with his race baited personality, which we've seen so much done during the run of Donald Trump. I'm going to call him Donald Trump because what he's done as a president has been a disgrace for our country, for for me to. And I, I told my friend Stephen A. Smith, I said, man, look, I said, I, I, he got to lose. I can't I can't get out of my I can't go down the street wondering if somebody can just drive by me, drive by me and feel they have a right to be able to abuse me because he's now the president, because he's, mm-hmm. he's given the right to say that I have no value. This book is not about a job. And sometimes when you make money, you have to make sacrifices. You know, I'm willing to pay taxes if it's going to enable a person who has less opportunity than me to live a better mm-hmm. lifestyle. Because we see what's happening now. You know, they're playing lives with these no stimulus packages. Nobody has time to talk about it. They should get $200 a month, $200 a week. Oh, they should get $600 a week. Oh, they should get $300 a week. When people are able to say that and dismiss you like that, Miss mm-hmm. Scott, that lets you know that this country has a long path. Uh, of, of racism, of, of, of discrimination that is beyond just being people of color, but just people in general. And it's becoming a caste system. And to see you and as, as profound, as articulate, as wonderful. I'm, I, believe me, you. I'm a fan of yours. Uh, this is the first time we've officially uh, spoken. I hope you stay in my life on my platform, Money Making Conversations uh, in 2021 and the years beyond, because you have a lot to say and you articulate it very well. And I want to appreciate you being the CEO and founder of 360 total concept coming on money making conversations. Well, I just thank you for this platform because historically we have been afraid to talk about money um, as an African American community. Mm-hmm. So you have this platform to tell and share people to share the importance of money making and it's okay and that we need <laughs> to make money to help our community. So yes. don't be afraid of it okay. and just share all the success that people have had. I, I appreciate you for using your platform in this way. Especially it's it's all it's gonna do is bless our community. Okay, cool. I want to appreciate you. Thank you for coming on Money Making Conversation. Thank you. Thank you. Cool. If you want to hear more Money Making Conversation interviews, please go to moneymakingconversation.com. I'm Rashawn McDonald. I am your host.